Welcome to Game Face. We're about to take you into the Thanksgiving 2021 holiday weekend with our last show before Thanksgiving. Here to do that with me is Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. You ready for some Thanksgiving? Uh, almost. Yeah? I got some, some pies to make. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> um, my, this is an odd Thanksgiving for me. My wife actually went home for Thanksgiving. I'm staying here. Um, I don't even know what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. Probably just playing video games and watching football is my guess. Nothing wrong with that. And I'll go to like Whole Foods and get like some decent food. So I actually have like a Thanksgiving dinner or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I'll make the best of it. Thanksgiving, for whatever reason, has never been a big holiday in my family. Mine neither. I don't know like, why. Well, I remember when we first moved down here, I remember I think you and I both went up north that first we year for th- we drove up mm-hmm. and then we it took us both like 12 hours to get back <laughs> it was a nightmare and we're just yeah. like nope and so the next year i flew <laughs> back and it was worse yeah it took longer to yeah. fly so um after that i just told my mom like i'm just gonna come up for christmas we and facetime on thanksgiving go. and she's like we, we none of it we never cared about thanksgiving yeah. like, thanksgiving was never an important holiday for you know we yeah. would go over to my grandma's but we went to my grandma's every sunday anyway she lived like one town over so yeah uh it was it's not a not a thing i you know part of me would prefer prefers to spend at least one major holiday with my friends here which yeah. I usually do. It was so. a big deal when no I was one's a from kid. LA. And That's it, true. Everyone's all, a transplant. All the transplants, especially the East Coast transplants, stay here, and there's usually a really good, you know, Thanksgiving orphan, you know, gathering yeah. somewhere, and it's it's fun. Yeah, usually I would go to that thing that my friend would throw yeah, every the, Thanksgiving. The but Playboy Mansion. Yeah, yeah, at the Playboy Mansion. Where he's done it a bunch of different places, and the Houdini Mansion. He did yeah. it one year. But he just got married like three weeks ago, and mm, and probably with not COVID going to the Playboy everything. Mansion yeah, this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could afford it. He's very wealthy. Um, but yeah, he's just he just had a big wedding that they planned, and he's like, dude, like Thanksgiving is like three weeks away. It's not happening. Yeah. So uh, it's all good though. I have no problem with just sitting around playing games over Thanksgiving, um, FaceTime and stuff like that. They'll zoom me into their mm. dinner for a little bit. Uh, but when I was a kid, it was a big deal. And then once my parents got divorced and I moved. To live with my mom, after that, like, it didn't matter. Like, it seemed mm-hmm. like we never really did anything for Thanksgiving. So hopefully it's different for you guys, and you guys are excited for Thanksgiving, getting some good food. <laughs> All the Europeans are like, the what? The what? Who? And Canadians, too. They have a different yeah, Thanksgiving. They already did it. Yeah, they already did it. So, uh, But I do think 60%, 70% of our audience is from the U.S. So mm-hmm. um, the vast majority of you guys are getting excited for Thanksgiving. Some people are just excited that they don't have to work. Yeah. <laughs> for for me, that was the highlight of Thanksgiving when I had a normal job is just getting off Thursday, Friday, and having mm. the four-day weekend or whatever. Well, especially at this time of year. Yeah, When exactly. we're in the, in, the, in the thick of holiday releases. Yeah, and, and I will, I will although say. Although I, you know, I do remember, like, you know, I, I'm sure you remember when, like, on X-Play and stuff, it's like a three-day or four-day weekend. All that meant was you had to work five days in three days. <laughs> Like it was, we had to do five yeah. days of worth worth of work in three days. Yeah, I mean, I won't take any time off. I'm gonna end up working through this whole mm-hmm. Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, I'll take Thursday off because everything shut down, and like, we won't be curating on Thursday, and uh, we're not doing an episode. By the way, of Game Pass or Fail this weekend, we want to give Vincent the week off, the weekend off, so he can enjoy Thanksgiving without having mm-hmm. to create uh, an episode of Game Pass or Fail. 
So doing some stuff, it's going to be different than normal, but for the most part, I'm still going to be engaged with Sifted and doing stuff for the site and for the Patreon, etc., etc. And um, yes, Cinetyke, this is uh, oh yeah, this is the LS liquor, the LS uh, LS cream liquor liqueur. Yep, that is the liquor from Lestevad. He mm-hmm. actually he shipped me four bottles of it, and so now I'm in the process of distributing it. Yes. So this, this will be coming to Thanksgiving. Yep, that one's for, sure. for Matt. Uh, I have I'm keeping one for myself, obviously, and I'm taking one to pack tomorrow mm-hmm. when we shoot Pactor Factor. Which great segue. Um, don't forget questions for Pactor Factor. We're taking them right now. Um, we shoot tomorrow morning, so you have the rest of the day today. Uh, once I get out of here and go back home and start getting Game Face going for Publish tomorrow, um, I'll start collecting the questions, going through them all, picking the questions that we're actually going to use. Um, so roughly, you really have until like 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern to get those questions in, and you can submit them anywhere. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Sifted Games. There's a tweet there right now you can reply to. Um, if you go to sifted.net, there's a link in the header. There's a link on the homepage where you can go to submit questions. And it looks like we have a ton already, which is good. And also, if you're a fan of ours on YouTube, if you go to the community tab at, twi- at uh, youtube.com slash siftedgames and click the community tab, there is a topic there where you can ask questions as well. Um, we want to get questions from as many people as possible because that's what makes the show great. So anyway, the deadline for that is fast approaching. Get your questions in. The last round of Pactor Factor for 2021. So you can ask them about... Call of Duty sales going down 40%, which is freaking mind-blowing, honestly. I mean, I saw it was tracking. I thought it was tracking low, and it is tracking low, and it's not selling well. Uh, but you have all the holiday stuff. You have Thanksgiving. We're actually going to do a Thanksgiving episode. We shoot it tomorrow. I get back from Pactors, and it gets cut tomorrow, and then goes up for Thanksgiving Day. So we're going to do one of those We'll, you know, with Christmas and 2022 predictions. There's tons of stuff. So get your questions in. And one other thing about this weekend... We have a Black Friday sale going on for the latest designs of our shirts. All our shirts are going to be 10 bucks. This is rock bottom price. They're never going to go lower. We will never sell our shirts for less than 10 bucks. So if you've been waiting to get our new designs, and you've seen Matt and I wearing them on the show, but I brought in a couple just to show you guys so you can see them. Let me flip to my camera here. So this design, you can see it has the sifted logo on the sleeve. I love this shirt. We have less of these. I really thought this the other one would sell better, but these have sold better. Hmm. Um, these are the most popular of the two, and there aren't as many sizes of that, so if you want that, you should get it soon. And then my personal favorite of the two is our Sifted Army shirts, because they're just kind of like crew soccer-style shirts. And you see Matt and I wear these as well on the show. These are also 10 bucks beginning on Friday, on Black Friday. Sifted logo on the back center of the shoulders there. I also love this shirt. In fact, this is a shirt that I've given to a lot of my friends, and my friends love them. Um, one of them wore this shirt to EDC, which was hmm. cool, seeing our shirt walking around with like 200,000 people all around. Um, and my friends like these shirts because they're less gamey, right. and they're not huge gamers. Um, but anyway, both shirts. Doesn't have a man thrusting a giant joystick in your face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, both shirts, 10 bucks there a piece. You can. I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> you can... Um, Buy two for 20, um, and we will ship anywhere in the world. The shipping is a little steep if you're in Europe, but trust me when I tell you, we are actually losing money most of the time shipping shirts to Europe on our shipping, because we want to hook you guys up. Uh, But anyway, let's get rid of these shirts. In fact, if you are sitting there thinking like, hey, maybe I'd like to 
you know, donate some money to Sifted for Christmas, which actually a lot of people have been doing. Thank you very much. Um, actually, someone just donated yesterday, Toppy, donated a big chunk of money to us. Thank you, Toppy. We really appreciate it, man. Um, and we've been getting questions about that on YouTube as well, about how people can help us for Christmas and donate. Well, first of all, you can go to sifted.net slash donate and donate whatever you want. But I would prefer if you bought shirts so I could get rid of the stack of shirts that have been living in my apartment now for about a year at this point. Uh, we're also working on new shirt designs that are coming and new stickers and stuff behind the scenes right now. Uh, but we need to get rid of this other stuff first. So again, 10 bucks on Friday. Please go buy them. Uh, they're great shirts. Our, all our shirts are awesome. Talk to anyone in the chat and ask them if they bought our shirts, what they think about our shirts. I'm supremely confident that they're going to tell you that they're one of the best t-shirts they own. So uh, check them out. 10 bucks a piece on Friday, uh -huh. on Black Friday. Follow us at Sifted Games on Twitter. We'll announce when the sale officially kicks off. And uh, those will be on sale all weekend long. So you're going to have four or five days to pick them up at that price before they go back to their old price. But I'm hoping they all sell out and they never go back to the old price. Please, everyone, buy our shirts. Make a makes a big difference for me and my wife. And it will clear the decks so we can get the new shirts in and all the other stuff that we're working on. Um, with that, I think we're ready to start the show. We have a hard out at 4 o'clock today. We cannot go past 4 o'clock. So... Keep me on my P's and Q's, Matt. Mm -hmm. If we start dragging in a topic, just get it whipping and get it started. Um, we're going to kick things off today with the biggest release of the week. Just came out on Friday. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. It is a, it's a remake. Yeah. yeah I would call a it a remake. It's got new stuff. It, it's redone everything graphics. It's, it's it's not a home run remake. I'll put it no. to you that way. It's very familiar. I think it's maybe the best yeah. way to put it. Um, it is available for Switch right now. It came out on Friday. Matt, how much time have you dedicated to it at this point? I don't know, like five-ish hours. Yeah, I've played, well, no, I've played about ten, I guess, something like that. But I will say this. I had to wait a little while to play it because I got it from Amazon. I got the two-pack from Amazon. Oh, you got both of them. And when I got it, um, I do collect the Pokemon games. And oh. when I got it, uh, it was crushed. Mm. Like, it was just... Both shipped, of them? Yeah, they shipped it in an envelope and it was just... I didn't open it because, like, but it was... The, the box was crushed and torn. And I was like, I don't know what's in the if you know, I don't know what's in that thing. Them looking tech, so yeah. I had them send me another one. Okay, a replacement. So I had to wait for that to arrive on Sunday. So I started playing it Sunday. This um, game is from 2006. Mm -hmm. It, I have played the original. I think probably 50 or 60 hours. It's yeah, a I definitely finished Pokemon the originals uh, and played them for a while. That was like the last. Uh, that was the last regular Pokemon installment I really you know, thoroughly played before I started losing track of them with, like, black and white. And well, I would stuff. argue, Matt, it's kind of the last one where you could conceivably really catch them all. Yeah. Since without, then. Without it being the only thing you played. Right. Yeah. Without it taking over your life. You could actually play it kind of casually and end mm -hmm. up catching most of the Pokemon. Now, there's so many. Like, it's like a job to collect <laughs> them all. It's changed a lot, to be sure. Um, so this is a remake. They've completely redone the graphics, but... Like, I think a lot of people, when they hear about this, they're going to compare it to Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and mm -hmm. Eevee, where it was really kind of transformed from Pokemon Yellow yeah. into something entirely different. And it had motion controls and stuff like that. This is different. This is more of a... Like I said, I struggle to call it a remake. It's like yeah. right on the borderline. I mean, it's along the lines of the other remakes they've done. Omega, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Maybe that's the other way around. And... Um... 
Soul Silver and uh, mm-hmm. Heart Gold. Yep. You know, yeah, it's like basically a boosted, upgraded version of the old entry that you know bring kind of brings it up to modern. Previously brought up to modern Pokemon standards. You know, like Heart Gold, Soul Silver was about on par with like this, the original versions of these, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were like on par with like X and Y, which were I think the current yeah. Pokemon at the time. Mm-hmm. This is not on par with Sword and Shield. Yeah, no. So that is sort of the disconnect on this one. Well, the one thing I would say is that, like with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, they tried to make them feel more modern. Yeah, and bring and they, them. They up made to it speed. a different game. Like yeah. it, it was. It almost felt like we're creating more than remaking it. Let's Go Pikachu felt like. Inspired we're by going Pokemon to do, Yeah, we're going to do a side <laughs> series that sort of are remakes, but also kind of full reimaginings into this new kind of game. Yeah. And this is more like the traditional remake, but in some ways it feels like it doesn't go far enough compared to what is the current Pokemon standard, which is yep. also doubly funny to say because the current Pokemon standard is far below what everybody wants the current Pokemon <laughs> standard to be in the first place. Yeah. So you're sort of like starting two steps back behind the starting line with this game. Um, but it's fine. Like, it's more Pokemon. What, um, what I was getting at is because I've played it for 50 or 60 hours 15 years ago, I got about 10 hours into this mm-hmm. and had seen all the new stuff, and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, there's a point, really, point where I'm like, I don't think I need to do much more of this. I didn't before. feel like I needed to play more. Yeah. I had, well, especially that, weird because, like, I don't remember that game very well. I don't either. Like, And I discovered that very quickly. Yeah. I play, <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Like there's the underground and there's I like had completely the, forgotten about the yeah, underground. Yeah, completely. And which Pokemon did you choose? One of the choose? most obnoxious rivals. Oh yeah, um, I named him Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they choose like four names and one of them was Marcus, and I was like, oh, it's right. got to be Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I chose Chimchar, the flaming monkey. Mm, I chose uh, Piplup. Okay. The uh, icy penguin. The icy penguin. Yep. Um, I guess the wet penguin at first because he doesn't get ice stuff. Yeah. The uh, the story in this is very simple, and it is really just the same Pokemon story being told over yeah. and over again. To be a master. Yep. That's really all it is. Although uh, even more so than you like, the town you yep. start in is the most bare bones town I think in the history of this. It's two like four like four houses. Yep. And like the thing that I love is like you know you have your house with your mom and and your rival has his house like across the way with his mom. And the houses are just like a main room and your bedroom. Like yeah, mom apparently it. doesn't sleep <laughs> she anywhere. She sleeps on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the eternally missing fathers of yep. the Pokemon universe. Yep. And um, the professor in this one is Professor Rowan. Um, the enemies in this one, Team Galactic, they're trying mm. to harness the power of Pokemon evolutions to do their bidding. And just like every other Pokemon game, you fight through all the towns, yeah. you fight through all the gyms, <clears throat> and then you fight the Elite Four. And as and everyone knows... Harnessing Pokemon things to do things is bad, unless what you want them to do is kill each other. Right. <laughs> then it's a okay. Then it's fine. <laughs> Cockfighting um, <laughs> is one thing, but scientific experiments, that's crossing the line. Yeah. One thing that's interesting about this one is it's set in the Sinnoh region, which mm-hmm. is also where Pokemon Legends Arceus yes. is going to be set, which comes out early next year, I believe. So, yeah. So Arceus is like the early, like the primeval almost version of this area. It's yeah. Like, like before civilization set in. Yeah. So if you want to familiarize yourself, and by the way, Arceus is the open world action yeah. Pokemon game we've all been waiting for for decades or whatever. Well, we hope it's the one. We, we hope. That's, what it's, that's where, where it's trending towards. Yeah. If you want to familiarize yourself with the area that that game is set this is a good way to do it i guess although 
it looks like if you if you judge it on this game, it's all just a bunch of copy and paste trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this game is very repetitive visually. Yeah, like even for a Pokemon. Even game, for a Pokemon, it's even game. hard to tell the cities apart. It's very hard. Yeah, there's. There's just not much happening. There's not. No. But it, it was it was a it's a f- kind of a, a different fun time. It is. But it's also kind of a fun <laughs> thing to sort of be like to go through it and slowly it was like, "All oh, right, the, oh yeah, you have to find three clowns yeah. to get a watch for <laughs> yeah. some why? I don't know." Yeah. And then the watch doesn't even matter. Like it, Yeah, that so is weird. one of the new big features of this yeah. is the Poketch, which is basically it's a cell phone. It's a yeah. smartphone. Um, that gets apps, and as you play, you get more apps that you can download to it. But like you said, like I hardly ever use yeah. it, and it's just weird thing. Like it's tied into like being able to use hidden moves. Yeah, so the, like the hidden like, machines. Yeah. yeah, because now in this game, and this is another advancement that they took from older games. They haven't made many changes. No, but this is one of them. They the now the hidden machines. You don't have to assign them to a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You just have it. So as long as your character is there, you can use Cut or Surf or Rock Smash mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I gave Rock Smash to one of my Bidoofs and uh, ended up putting the Bidoof in a box because I wanted a different team. But I can still use that Bidoof's Rock Smash even what, though he's in the box. In yeah, you the don't PC. have to. You, they don't. He doesn't have to be in your party. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Which once is nice. you've acquired the HM, you can use it. Period. It doesn't matter who mm. you give it to or whatever. Like giving it to a Pokemon may help them in battle or something like that. But it doesn't actually affect whether you you as the character can use that mm. HM or not. Um, and that's that's an advancement um, from the way it was when it first came out. But otherwise, there's there's the, not the, a lot the, of changes. XP is shared. With yep, the whole shared party. XP. That's a big deal. Um, um, so you can kind of level your whole party mm-hmm. with when only fighting one Pokemon without having to fight them all, and that's nice. I didn't check to see if you could turn that off because some I people may want. Yeah, some people don't like that. Yeah, but, some people uh, may not like that. Um, but it's there, and it's on by default. I'm not sure if you can turn it off or not. But it's very low frills. There's no, like, mega evolutions or any other kind of gimmicks um, that have kind of come along in Pokemon games over the last 15 years. It's just very by-the-numbers, paint-by-the-numbers mm-hmm. Pokemon. And some people may like that. Um, I've played, like, six of these at this point, mm-hmm. and it felt a little bare-bones to me. Um, other new features, there's this thing called the Pokemon Super Contest Show which right. is set it's like an idol like competition setup but then yeah. you play like a music weird music and rhythm game yeah that's a that's a thing that has popped up in a lot of the pokemon games and it's just like yeah. that's an odd I don't obsession get it. that they have over there at game freak yep but. there's another thing called uh amity square where you can just kind of right. like chill out with your pokemon in a big yeah, open like area yeah one of the big things they were pushing about this was like you can walk around with a pokemon who cares okay like <laughs> Pokemon Yellow let me do that in like 1999 or whatever. Yeah. I, don't, it's, it's, I mean, okay. this game this game did it originally, didn't it? I don't remember. Meaning that the Pokemon follows you around in the overworld. I don't remember. I think it was in there. That's what I remember anyway. Um, and then the final new addition is the ability to customize your Pokeballs with stickers. Oh yeah, like, you like basically teleport. Uh, yeah, basically like a, a reveal. It's like Destiny's teleport effects, it is. basically. <laughs> Yep, and uh, it actually does change, like, the ball toss animations when you go to start battles, and that was kind of cool, but still, it's just very frivolous and not very substantive. And to what we were talking about earlier, I had completely forgotten about the underground, which is this network of basically dungeons that mm-hmm. were underneath. They're almost as big as the world in the original Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, and I had completely forgotten about this. And it's been expanded here um, it's even bigger than it was before. It's literally a whole other world, the size of the normal world, underground that you can go mm-hmm. down to. Um, and there's all kinds of things that you can do there. Like, most importantly, you can catch Pokemon 
that do not appear above ground in like normal play. So if you're just play, playing through the campaign, you won't get hardly any of the Pokemon that you can get in the underground. So if you do want to diversify your party or you need to alter your party for a specific gym leader who's maybe like a rock type leader or whatever, mm-hmm. that's where you can go to get that stuff. Um, and again, I was shocked that I had forgotten all about it. Um, it also, the other thing too, is that it helps you because the underground is split into these regions that are almost like themed, you kind of know what Pokemon are in those areas. And so again, if you do need that specific Pokemon to counter a gym leader, you can figure out the area in the underground that you need to go to. So you're not just like running around like an idiot trying to find a fire type or whatever, or you're online like Googling it and they're like, oh, you go here and if you... By the time you're, the eighth wild Pokemon jumps up, one of them should be the one that you're looking for. Like, it, it eliminates all that stuff. So I think those changes were good, and I forgot about the underground entirely, which is it's mind-boggling because it's such a huge, huge part of the original game. Um, there's more open areas in the underground now. You can dig for fossils and gems. Um, you, there's this weird like base creation mechanic down there where you create like these bases and you dig up these statues and then you put them in your base and it it's kids probably love that stuff but it just started to just all bleed together for me um there are some quality of life enhancements as matt said um the hidden machines like cut and rock and rock smash and surf those are all just assigned to your character now um it's important too in this game because it it drives a lot of the puzzle solving in the game there's puzzle Mm -hmm. solving in this like you get into areas where you have to figure out like some, it's not that you're platforming, but you have to figure out how to get from point A to point B, and there may be a rock there that keeps you from going. Well, then eventually you get rock smash and you come back. It's a little Metroid-ish, actually, um, in the way that you have to go get powers and you can come back and access new areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that stuff's important, the HM stuff. Um, oh, another important thing that wasn't in the original is you don't have to go to like a Poke- Pokemon Center to change your party. You can change your party whenever you want now. Mm-hmm. You can just go into a box no matter where you are in the game world and add or subtract Pokemon from your party if you want to. That's a huge boon, um, which is surprising yeah. that back in 2006 you couldn't do that. Yeah. But The shortcut for Pokeballs in, yep. in battle, which before you have to go, had to go in the bag and select yep. it. That's, yep, that's true as well. Um, it's ridiculous that we are calling these things out as improvement as you know, like any other game would be like if that didn't have it you'd dock them score on it but in this it's just like oh wow you don't have to go through all the menus get a pokeball it's like uh, also there's good auto- work game freak pokemon company yeah there's you, also autosave now you're, yeah uh, yeah welcome before, welcome to the 2010s <laughs> before you had to save manually in this game mm-hmm. um and as we mentioned earlier xp share as well as another quality of life improvement you, yeah, and vincent says you can't turn that off you can't turn off and not turn xp share off interesting Okay. Um, what do you think about the visual overhaul of this game, Matt? Better than nothing? Yeah. That's uh, probably a good way to describe it. It's uh, It looks better than the handheld yeah, version yeah. in handle, most handle ways. Yeah, handheld was 2D, so it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an upgrade. But it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a... It doesn't look as good as Sword and Shield, obviously. No. Um, it's the worst-looking 3D Pokemon game. I mean, it doesn't look know. as good as Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu. No, either. I mean, I think it. W- I think it looks probably better than if you blew up like Omega Sapphire, or Omega Ruby, or whatever, up to Maybe. TV resolutions. Um, but it's more on par with some of those. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't look as good as Sword and Shield. It doesn't look as good as Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah, it's they. It's as good as it needs to be. <laughs> I feel like they got caught in the middle 
of trying to really revamp the game without straying too far from what the handheld version looks like, the original version looks like. Mm-hmm. And they just caught caught in this weird, awkward, like chibi middle ground where I don't yeah. know, the character models don't look great. The closer yeah. like I don't mind the I don't mind like a chibi look, but like there is something about the proportions of the characters in this, the overworld characters mm-hmm. that bugs me and yeah. I don't know what it is. It the more you zoom in on this game, the worse it looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if some of the cutscenes, like out in the the uh, overworld, where they zoom in on the characters, they just look very crude. Um, one thing I would say is it seems like the battle areas look better than what was in maybe even like Sword and Shield. At least they seem more varied. Like mm-hmm. when you actually go to battle, like whatever the backdrop is, it's actually appropriate to wherever you are in the game. Um, and that seemed like maybe a slight upgrade, but otherwise, the attacks, the Pokemon themselves, they're just, I don't know. I'm not impressed with the way the game looks. I understand what the develop the studio was trying to do. I just don't think it really achieved it. Um, it also has, like, lighting with shadows, and there's some reflections in the game here and there. Yeah, but it's time of day. Yeah. You know, there was always time of day in it, I think, but, like... It's more convincing it's now. More con- yeah, there's, there's some, like, sunset lighting that looks nice at times. Yep. Um, the game is huge. Yeah. Like, again, I remember playing this, like, 50 hours on a handheld back when it first came out. Um, so if you are kind of looking for something that's going to give you good value, mm-hmm. or maybe you're looking for a game to buy for Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. you celebrate at the holidays for a niece or a nephew or a son or a daughter, I think it's probably a good choice. It will keep them busy AF for the next, like, month and a half, two months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's certainly some value there for families looking for gift-giving ideas and things like that. But I'll just be honest. I played about 10 hours of this, Matt, and I felt like I did not need to play any more of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly getting there. Um, uh, it's. I will say that I uh, enjoy it more than Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh, okay. Uh, in part just because, you know... Oh, this also is hard, by the way. Pokemon. This is like the hardest Pokemon game. It ain't Shin Megami Tensei Five. Well, I know it's not, but it, this is one of the more difficult Pokemon games. That's something to keep in yeah, mind. Yeah, there have been a couple times like where I'm just like, oh, that, that guy I might actually be might me. have to, yeah, like, might have to go like, back. use a potion or something. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's funny, um, and they kept that in this as well. Mm-hmm. This one's also like that, so they haven't like kind of dialed back the difficulty on it or anything. Um, I don't know, but the other thing too, I would say, Matt is. Because it is a big, gigantic game, that is where the lack of including more modern elements of the franchise might start to wear on you over mm-hmm. time. Because like, it is exceedingly simple. Yeah, well, one of the things that has been bothering me, has continued to bother me, is like, there is there is a mushiness to how the the dialogue boxes work. Like oh, that way, happened to me too. Like, and I continually talk to people again and what Twice. I don't mean to. Uh, that happened to you too? Yeah. I thought it was just me. I'm sure you'll see it in this B-roll somewhere. You're trying to get through a conversation and it takes, it's a delay. Yeah. And so you end and up the la- starting the conversation yeah. And again. also because the last text box in a conversation doesn't make a noise when you click it off. Oh, right. And so you're still, you're still tapping the button expecting the, the, that little chime to happen, yeah. and it doesn't, so you end up talking. That. I do that when I take the Pokemon in to be healed every fucking time. Yeah. Every time. I do it almost every conversation. So I get on with I turn the text speed up to fast. I'm doing everything about it. Like, it just will not stop. Eventually, I started hitting turn, I hit the B button. To end the conversation? The B, no, the B button will also do the same thing as hitting the A button. It just won't restart the conversation if you uh, accidentally mistime it. Oh, pro tip. 
So. <laughs> and there you, there's the Poketch you can see in the yeah. B-roll, which is supposed to be a big feature of the game, and it's like a calculator and a clock. That's, and a, like, that's a pedometer. Yeah, a pedometer. Like, it's not a big feature is what I'm getting at. No. Um, but I do think that the simplicity of the game does not lend well to its length. Mm-hmm. It is a long game. It is a little bit of an artifact. It is, yeah. And it, for me, like I said, I hit the ten-hour mark, and I'm like, I get it. I went to, the, I had gone to the underground a couple times. I had learned all about all the new features. I had tried everything, and I was like, I know how the rest of this plays out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I started to lose my motivation to keep playing. But again, as I say a lot on Game Face, not everyone who listens to this show, and certainly not everyone. Period has played this game. There are people out there who this may have come out when they were eight or whatever, and they just didn't get it, or maybe before they were born. Who knows? Um, And for those people, it's a solid Pokemon game. It's a toss back to what the franchise used to be like with some modern quality of life improvements. Like, if this is your Pokemon, if this was the Pokemon that came out when you were 12, Mm -hmm. like, go for it. Yeah. You're probably going to love it. Now, the only thing I don't know from having not played more is the balance of the game. I do not know how balanced it's going to be towards the end. Like, am I going to be able to waltz through the last two gym leaders? Because that sometimes Mm -hmm. happens in Pokemon. Um, And that could be more likely if you're spending a lot of time in the underground farming for rare Pokemon. I don't know that. So that is one thing I can't really definitively tell you. Is is the late game balanced or is it He really handed that one to you. What'd you say? He really handed that one to you with all the growling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At the end there, he just like kept growling. And I was like, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's Pokemon, though. You never mm-hmm. know. Um, but anyway, uh, it is a full price game. This yeah. is a $35 game. Like, it really is. Yeah. This is another. They attempt- should have been charging like 60, 70 bucks for both. Right. Like, that yep. should have been the two pack. Yep. I agree. Um, but it's not. It is full priced. And it's an, kind of Nintendo's big holiday game, too. Um, it's probably gonna be. I haven't seen an advertisement for it yet, but I'm guessing that we're gonna see a ton of them over the next like six weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be inundated with it because there's not really another really big game for Switch. It's sold very well in the UK so far. Mm-hmm. It was a top like the there's two versions and both versions were were number one mm-hmm. and number two. Shin Megami Tensei sold well too. In the Did UK. it? Yeah, that's good. Um, but I saw Call of Duty got knocked down to fourth in just like its second or third week on the market. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. It got whooped by Pokemon in the UK. Um, so do you recommend that people pick this up, Matt? Like, who, who would you think this is for? I mean, like I said, if you if this was, if Pearl and Diamond and Pearl was your game as a kid, then yeah. Um, I think uh, it's a good choice for a, a gift for a, a, you know, a niece or nephew or, or, or offspring who is of the right age mm-hmm. and likes the Pokemon stuff and maybe it doesn't have any more Sword and Shield to play. Um, and I guess if you want, like... You know, something mindless to play on the plane while you're traveling this holiday. Like that's, <laughs> it, that's it's an a option. good time killer. I mean, Pokemon yeah. always has been a good time killer. Like, but for the most part, I think you know what you're getting here. Yeah, like everybody knows what this is. There's no curveballs, no surprises. Although maybe the underground would be to some people because yeah. it's not an element that they've carried forward into other no it's Pokemon not. games. I guess that's kind of the most unique element of this. Yeah, you know, in hindsight. Yeah, and they have not carried it forward into other games. And it does seem like every Pokemon game kind of has its little thing that it does, and very few of them ever end up being kept. Mm-hmm. in the next installment, which is odd. I never thought about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of times, whatever the little twist is about a Pokemon game, 
you may never see it again. It's almost it's, Assassin's Creed-ish. Yeah, it's interesting that way. Um, but look, I did have moderate a moderate good time playing this. It's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It also, mm-hmm. I would say this, it doesn't stutter like a lot of the other no, Pokemon No, it runs games. well. It does run well. <laughs> and so maybe there's something to say for its very simple art style and its chibi art style in that it runs better than the other Pokemon games. But otherwise, if... If you played this, I definitely do not recommend picking it up. What do you say about that? If you've already played Diamond and Pearl, um, I mean, like I said, if you liked Diamond and Pearl back in the day, you, you would recommend that people sure. play it again. I mean, if it was your your if it was your game, if it was your Pokemon introduction, okay, yeah, in the same way that like I played Red and Red Blue, Blue a couple been times, yeah. yeah, I could see that, yeah. But if it was just another Pokemon game to you, like it was for me back yeah, then, yeah, it was just like right in the middle of all, you know, like you know, it is a Pokemon game that came out. Like I, you know, I don't have any, you know, specific emotional or nostalgic attachment to Diamond and Pearl, and it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't really do anything for me. The way and this doesn't do anything to change that either. No, I mean for me, it's it's red and blue and gold and silver, and uh, that's about it. Yep, pretty much yellow, which is basically red or blue. Yellow, yeah. Um, and I guess like, um. Sun and Moon a little bit, just because I liked what they did with that. Yeah. And it was kind of like, kind of around the time I got back into it. I've liked all the modern Pokemons. I've yeah. been them all. I like Sword and Shield as well. I, yeah, I like Sword and I Shield. I spent a ton of time playing that game. Um, yeah. They're typically good games. It's just these remakes that have got me a little twisted up uh, because I have played them all. But uh, while keeping in mind, there are tons of people who have not. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yep, the original Mac came out on September 28th of 2006. Wow. So 15 years ago. We uh, made Paul Bonanno strip and get in a bathtub full of diamonds and play Prince. <laughs> yeah, we were... Because we I, made, I made a diamonds and pearls joke, and we're like, yep, that's the angle for the review. I'm like, is it? Oh, well. Yeah. this was That was my first year working at Game Trailers, 2006. Mm-hmm. I got there in March, and this came out a few months later. So it's always interesting to kind of place this stuff in different points in your career. Uh, but anyway... I would say buy it for your kids or nieces and nephews yeah. for Christmas. That's it's good. They're they've never they haven't played it before and they're gonna love it. Uh, but if you are a veteran like Matt and I and like honestly yeah. most of our audience who have been playing although games, if they've already played Sword and Shield, this might be a downgrade to them. Oh, it will be for sure, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, they'll be like, wait, where's all that other stuff that I was doing in this mm-hmm. other one? Yeah. But I think they'll still appreciate it. Yeah, I'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate more Pokemon. And maybe more importantly, it will ingrain the original 150 into their minds so that they, sort too, of, will come you're... to the realization that the original 150 are the only Pokemon you're pretty that far truly past matter. The, uh, you're pretty far past those. I know. That point. This is, this is the fourth one? Is this? No, this this still is pretty much focused on the original 150, though. I mean, there's a lot more in this. There though. is. Yeah. They're, they're up to 400 or something at this point. At this point? I think so. Like Because there, there was one... There, there was... This is the fourth set right yeah it was it was gold it was a red blue green gold silver um uh was it ruby sapphire after that Mm -hmm. and then this yeah so you're right this was the first wasn't this the first ds one 3ds wasn't it no 3ds was way after this was it yeah the trailer for it shows the 3DS. The first 3DS one. Well, I'm sure oh, the 3DS can play it because the DS. Oh, no, no, no. That was actually the DS that they showed. Yeah. It was just the, the old clunky one. Yeah. The 3DS, um, I think the first one for that was X and Y. Yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Or so maybe, anyway. maybe Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. I can't remember what order those came out in. It's hard to keep track of them all. 
and they've all been really released anyway. So you're supposed to catch them all, and I keep track of them. All. <laughs> That's true, and I I've only ever <laughs> caught them all once, and that was in yeah. red and blue, and I've never done it again. Yeah, I caught them all in black and white, black oh, and did. white one, and that was the last time I did that. Yeah, and I still have all of those. I I have moved, I have transferred most of those Pokemon forward through each game, but like. I've sometimes I've spent more time doing that than playing the actual game. Black and white should have been the one remade. I'm sure that's next. I'm sure it yeah. is, but it should have been remade before this one. I think black and white probably the best of the classics other than It's definitely got the best story. Yeah. For sure. sure. Yep. The the Pokémon Peta yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. The first time a Pokémon game made me think. I was like, "Wait a minute. Yeah. You're putting these creatures in balls, and you're making yeah. them fight each other. That's well, the first time for me, it was the first time I'm something's like, oh, look, someone at Nintendo thought about this. Someone at <laughs> Pokemon Company thought about it, and they never went back to it again. No, that was it. We don't, we don't talk about that. <laughs> they were done. They love yeah. their balls. They're well furnished, and it's yeah. like a giant mansion in there. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time to move on. Like I said, we got a heart out today, so I can't dilly dally mm -hmm. around like taking extra time with topics. Uh, we're gonna move on. We're going to talk next about what was the biggest game announced this week, and it is a game that leaked well in advance. Matt, I feel like everything leaks well in advance anymore. Yeah, there's not a lot of surprises. I mean, left. it's really hard anymore. Well, like so you got hundreds of people working on all these things. It's crazy. The only surprises left are like indie games that have tiny teams. Yeah, I mean, some of the big teams still do manage like here Sometimes. and there, but like the big surprises are like Sean Murray teases a new ex a new expansion for No Man's Sky. Yeah, or, you, know, you know, like that stuff stays quiet because there's like 15 people making it. Right. But these massive AAA games, like Especially how now can you, when you're like a even, you know, even if it's just like you're sending the footage out to get cut at a trailer house, and the you know the, the associate the assistant editor who digitized the footage and tells three his in friends, the morning. Yeah, like, you know, there's no way to control all that. Yeah, they're they're not all signing. The the crazy part is. They're not all signing NDAs either. No. Like, there's no – like, if you're Ubisoft and you literally have, like, 1,500 people working on each game now because mm -hmm. you have all your teams, like, chipping into the project, there's no way you're ever going to be able to protect that. No. It's impossible. And too many people know the same things to prove who right. leaked anything. Yeah. You know, it's like – Yep. And then you get people chiming in. Oh, yep, that's true or that's not true. Like – yeah, everything leaks, and so did this game. It's called Multiverse. It is a multiverses. Mul mul I I do that every time because the multiverse is this other thing that's mm -hmm. coming that is like Facebooks or or wait nobody can that's own the, the multiverse. Like God. that's the metaverse. The metaverse. It's so hard. Multiverse to is the thing that DC and Marvel have. Right. Right. That's right. Yep. Okay. Multiverses, mm -hmm. which is a Smash Brothers clone that uses Warner Brothers properties. Mm -hmm. Um, we caught wind of this. We actually talked about it about a month ago on Game Face. I think it was about a month ago. Um, rumors started swirling. We got some weak, some cryptic screenshots that showed like a portion of like the character select screen. Nobody knew 100% of it was real. It is real. And not only is it a Smash Brothers clone that features Warner Brothers characters, it's also going to be free to play, Matt. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? That seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, at least it's going to make sure that there's a uh, user base. No, like a huge one. Yeah, like um, you, you don't have the hurdle of like you know because it's a it's, it's it is a hurdle, a mental hurdle for a lot of people to to buy into another Smash Brothers game because like all the all the attempts to duplicate Smash Brothers have basically been terrible. Yeah, um, maybe that new Nickelodeon one is okay. I haven't played that one. It um, got mixed reviews. Yeah, 
Um, People then, liked the fighting, but it felt unfinished. Right. Well, because like they, they didn't even have voices. Right. And so they thought they might add voices later. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one obviously is full on. You know, they've made a point in this this reveal to sh- you know show them talking. Yep. And they've all got their voices, and Kevin Conroy is Batman, and mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh, it's all in place. So uh, and uh, cool. And like they, I, hmm, yeah. <laughs> I the inclusion think of Arya <laughs> is weird. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Let's run through all the characters that were revealed during this debut. Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. That is weird. Batman, the DC Comics version. Harley Quinn, the DC Comics version. Superman, the DC Comics version. Wonder Woman, the DC Comics version. Mm-hmm. Bugs Bunny. Steven Universe. I don't even know who that is. He's from a cartoon called Steven Universe. I've never even heard of him. Garnet from Steven Steve Universe. Universe. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of gems uh, as as people in Steven Universe. Okay. Uh, Finn the human from Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Jake the dog from Adventure Time. A character called Ryan Dog, which is just a character they created He's for new. Multiverses. Yeah. Um, Tom and Jerry and mm-hmm. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Um, Ultra and so, Instinct Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> and then they showed like three arenas. They showed the Batcave. Um, they showed like... I don't, I'm going to mispronounce this. Themyscira. Themyscira, yeah. Uh, which is where the Amazons live from the Wonder Wo- from Wonder Woman and then the Adventure Time Treehouse. And they mm-hmm. ended up showing like three different stages so far. But I'll say this, Matt. The first thing when I'm looking at running down those characters and looking at this is Warner Brothers doesn't have as many characters as I thought they well, might. Well, here's the thing they do, but they're not using a lot of them in this. Why? DLC. I- well, they're all going to be DLC, and they're, they're keeping back the ones I think they know they can get money for. Um, the most prominent of those, of course, is Harry Potter. Right. Um, which is also a problem because no one wants to give money to J.K. Rowling anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just going to be an element you have to take into account when you decide whether you're going to play this game or not. Uh, I also believe um, that they will put in more, quote-unquote, mature stuff as go- going forward. I think you will see Mortal Kombat. I think you will see The Matrix. Uh, I think they will they will mix some of those in. I mean, Obviously, the Mortal Kombat guys aren't going to be ripping heads off or anything, but yeah. I think you can put them in this. They make them cartoony and uh, fun. You, they might be able to work out oh, The Witcher at some point. That's true. Because um, they published that. Uh, they could maybe uh, get Lord of the Rings in there. I was surprised that there Lord were Lord of the Rings so is many... in there, in the leak. Gandalf is, yeah. is in this. So yeah, Gandalf going to be able to fight the Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That is kind of cool. How, how did they get Game of Thrones? Warner Brothers owns HBO? Yeah. I didn't know that, actually. Oh, yeah. I knew AT&T owned HBO. No, Warner, AT&T owns Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers, which owns which HBO. Owns okay, gotcha. Interesting. Um, I wonder how many more Game of Thrones characters they're going to include. That's a good question. I don't think there were any more in the in the leak, uh, but Gandalf was in the leak. Um, but this mostly lines up with, with that leak. Yeah, before. the leak was accurate. Um, so um, any characters, you're right, that were in that leak... They will eventually appear. Yeah. So I think you'll be seeing skins. I think you'll be seeing you know more characters from the very. You know, I can't imagine we won't see Daffy Duck and and other Warner Brothers Looney Tunes characters. Um, more more DC is obvious. Um, and there's more people from the you know Steven Universe has a very large cast. Uh, they have a lot of other animated stuff they could draw from. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of an you know there's a bunch of other Adventure Time characters people would love. Uh, I think uh, I think you've got. If if the game plays well, you've got a pretty big money maker on your hands here. If if people want these characters and these skins, the, I mean, it all grows out of that. Shaggy. It's so weird, like that. that yeah. the meme about Shaggy. I know it's um, bizarre. It's. I mean, look, man, you're Warner Brothers. You need a fucking hook. You like do, these yeah. guys. You know, this is, uh, 
It's not like I dislike their properties, but like they they need to figure out an angle. Like, like Warner Brothers in almost every department has been you know just floundering for an angle on these. On and anything. they have so much IP. Yeah, but like even when they got all that on, in place, like look what they did with uh, Space Jam. Yeah. And I hope they don't put Clockwork Orange right. characters in this game. Like that is one thing I think you might want to lay off on. That would be kind of cool, though. It would be kind of amazing, but then you've got like children asking to see Clockwork Orange, and I just, that's not a comfortable situation for anyone. Well, I mean, same would deal with Mortal Kombat. You know, they could oh, be like, Mortal "Oh, Com- I want to play the real Mortal Kombat." Yeah, Mortal Kombat's just like comedy violence, though. It's like I wouldn't show my nieces and nephews some of those fatalities. Yeah. They don't need to be seeing that at no, four and five years like, old. Eh, eh. <laughs> I mean, for all you know, they they own a lot of where you know you could put you put the Sopranos in this. Real, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, the well is endless. That's why I was surprised at some of the Tony Soprano in this viewed. would be pretty funny. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 possibilities really are endless. Bing. I mean, there's so many characters under their purview that they yeah. could work with. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, okay, how do they make money? So I looked at like all the other free to play games like League of Legends, and it's like, okay, League makes most of its money off of skins. Just new skins. But see, mm-hmm. the skins in League of Legends, they're not just skins. They change, like, your attacks and, like, how things look and yeah. how things work. But and they can do some of that. I mean, there's, I mean, look, Bugs does have the What's Opera Doc skin shown in this. And, like, mm-hmm. that is something I would actually consider buying. Yeah. Like, that's a great alternate costume for him. I do wonder if it's going to be as compelling as, like, MOBAs, though, where yeah, you do I mean, get I think, that. I think it depends. Like, you know, can I think of a lot of alternate costumes I'd want for, like, Aria? No. But yeah. I can think of like Because she only wore like one Batman. outfit in the whole show. Right. But I can think of like 14 <laughs> for Batman. That was the easiest, the hardest and the easiest costuming job ever. Also, Game she of looks Thrones. so, I keep, every time I see her, my brain reads her as Katara from Avatar The Last uh, Airbender. Yeah. Because of the blue. And then here's the big thing, Matt. The primary mode in this is two on two. Yeah, like they emphasize co-op a lot. And like a lot of the moves are meant to be team moves. Right. Yeah. And, uh. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's going to impair I don't think to... that's going to work too well. I don't I mean, either. I mean, it would in like a tournament situation, uh, but like the other problem is like they are, you know, they, they did promise that their online is going to be very robust, dedicated servers. Like they want to yep. make it the best online Rollback experience net ever. Code. Um, yep. They're very focused on that. Um, you know, whether that will translate to actual real world results is, you know, a thing we'll only find out when it goes live. Um, there will be a 1v1, but as you said, and as they said, the entire game is designed around the 2v2 to do cooperative stuff, teaming up with other characters. Mm-hmm. Which, and they said there'll be a four-player free-for-all. All this stuff will have both local and online play. As Matt mentioned, the net code is a big deal for them. Are you going to use rollback net code? <laughs> like, uh, you know, Congrims that should have Hodor swinging brawn around as a weapon. I was like, <laughs> that's good. I would... I would I would buy Hodor if he uses the kid as his weapon. If he's just beating people to death with that damn child. Well, when you think about Clockwork Orange, I was like, what if they work like ice climbers, where they're actually yeah. like multiple characters that work as one character? Right. That yeah. could be cool. Yeah, yeah. Rap music, my droogs. Um, also, like uh, the Game of Thrones inclusion does sort of. I mean. People, you know, got kids asking to want to see Mortal Kombat. Kids asking to see Game of Thrones. Right. That's true. Who's Arya, Dad? Who's oh. Arya? Let's just watch this, and I'll tell you to look away during the hooker blowjob <laughs> background scenes of exposition. Or the rest of the show. A kid should definitely not be watching. Let me introduce you to the Red Wedding, son. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, don't get too attached to Sean Bean, kid. <laughs> don't get too in attached anything, to anything. Really, in anything. Yeah. <laughs> 
Not really. Never get attached to Sean Bean. Yeah. Um, and then final stuff, just platforms. It's coming to everything. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, X, Xbox Series, PC, but no, no Switch. Switch. Why? Can't do it. Why? The net code? Probably it's a bit of both. Like it that that looks like maybe the Switch could barely handle it. Um but like It doesn't look that graphically advanced to me. A lot of it does with, with some of the some of the particle effects and stuff, huh. which might be a problem. But the main problem I'm sure is you cannot depend on the, the net, net connections. I mean stu- not even just net code, people's internet connections right. are wi- very wildly on that well, you platform. Can't- they can't get Smash Brothers to work without lag. Right. If you're looking at the Switch and you're like, well, Nintendo's flagship fighter, Smash Brothers, has horrible lag. How mm-hmm. are we? Yeah, how are we going to do Going to do a better job. And now on top of it, you got the OLED in play and it's worse when it's wired. And it is, I, I would not put it on Switch just to save myself the headache. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of developers that go down that road. But this in particular, because it is all driven by yeah. competition and online play. Like, and- I mean, they don't, you know, why bother trying to cram this thing on the Switch and try to work out the headache of all the all the net code issues and all the, you know, user connection issues and trying to get rollback net code to work on the Switch. And, like, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a pain why? In the like, it can't possibly be worth, especially for a free-to-play game. I, I would argue, though, that maybe the Switch is the ideal platform for it. Um, as I would far say as it's audience the, is concerned. I would say it's the opposite because really? the Switch is the one that has the most obvious alternative. Yeah. That most people have already bought it's a into. Double-edged sword, I guess. Yeah. Like on, on the other platforms, you're giving people something that they do not have any kind of real alternative for. Yeah. You know, like Smash. Yeah, there are Smash Brothers clones, but there are there good ones. You know, like is there anyone out there still playing All Stars? Right. Like you know, yeah. just because it's so addictive. No, like yeah. You know, Sony's not trying to make another All Stars. I'm sure. I think um, they might be. That would be dumb. I've heard some rumblings from some people I trust here and there, yeah. But like, I don't. That would be dumb. Like, yeah. what? Well, Sony you didn't hear that. Sony does not have the <laughs> look. Warner Brothers has a much deeper stable. Of oh yeah. iconic characters oh, yeah. than Sony Absolutely. does in that regard. Yeah. Like, that I'm was sorry, Batman and Superman All-Stars. are in this game. Yeah, and even reference Batman versus Superman. That was the other thing about PlayStation All Stars is you realize very quickly. That PlayStation really does not have that big of a roster of characters. Yeah, certainly not a varied enough roster to support that idea. Yeah. So many of the characters that we associated with with PlayStation aren't Sonys. Yeah. You know, like and that's what they ended up doing. They ended up getting bringing all these third party characters in, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, I mean, it's cool that the big daddy's in there, but that's not PlayStation. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's it, or like you get Lara Croft in, I guess. Yeah. Like, but even um, that's not PlayStation anymore. No, it was a many moons ago. It was just it, it never was. It was just associated with PlayStation. Yeah. You know, that's that's the thing. It's like Well, I mean, the first couple games were only on PlayStation. No, they're not. I played the first Tomb Raider on Saturn. Oh right. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking about Nintendo. But I mean no one owned a Saturn. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean nobody really owned one. <laughs> hey, the man who championed <laughs> the Saturn true. gave you this fucking liquor. <laughs> that is true. But also what I said is true. Very few people owned a Saturn, and it wasn't on Nintendo platforms. So mm-hmm. by default, most people could only get it on PlayStation. But yeah, well, so certainly it's, a tenuous, it's a tenuous tie, to be sure. Um, but anyway, I'm pretty excited for this game. Um, I'm not a huge Smash Brothers player, and I doubt I'll become a huge player of this either. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Sad Dad Battle All-Stars. That's what it'll be. <laughs> what is it? Sad Dad Battle All-Stars. <laughs> it, can just be the, it can just be Kratos and Joel and the guy from, uh, from uh, 
Days gone. Days gone. <laughs> like arguing over who's the saddest. They'll just take turns pouring gasoline on each other and lighting each other on fire. <laughs> the sad dad fighter. That's funny. Who was that? Very Gooster. Good job, man. Um, Vincent says, if this survives long enough for a Switch Pro Switch 2 to launch, it'll appear on that. Eh, I can see that. Yeah. If Nintendo gets its if network they get their play net in code order, together, yeah. yeah. Like, assuming the Switch 2 launches with net connection, with internet. <laughs> yeah, a, and a wired connection that actually works as a wired connection. Yeah. Like, that's not a given. Like, it's just not. It's really weird. Um, and it's starting to hurt Nintendo now, too. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Not having this is bad. Yeah. Not a, not a deal breaker or anything, but like it sucks that this isn't on it. Yep. I'm sure there's lots of Nintendo fans that would like to play this. It's Like I said, it's in I'm the wheelhouse. sure there's lots house. of folks that like a Brigadoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's Multiversus. Again, it's coming to PlayStation, Xbox, PC, no Switch. Um, sometime in 2022, there's supposed to be some kind of a beta coming up soon, mm-hmm. but they haven't announced a hard date yet for the full release. Um, but I, my guess is first half of 2022, mm-hmm. probably. If they're going to do a beta soon, it's probably pretty close yeah. to launch. Maybe not in March, boys. The other like, thing, too, about... <laughs> we got a lot going on in March. Yeah. The other thing, too, about free-to-play games is because they're free, like, a lot of people are okay if, like, they launch and they're not finished. Yeah. And they can just, like, launch with seven characters or whatever and Vincent, then start Vincent selling. makes a good point. What? He says the be- he's, his be- guess is the beta shadow drops at the Game Awards. Mm. Yeah, they'll announce like a couple that. new characters, and and you can play it, you can right, play it now. right now. Yeah, Game Awards coming up. We're gonna yep. talk about it here in just a second. Um, actually, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, in a couple topics. So, yeah, it's coming up in. I actually RSVP'd for it. I think I might go. Mm. What day is it? It's like December eighth or something. Nope. It's a little funky for me because I have knee surgery on December third. And so mm. I don't know if I'm going to feel up to it. Like, yeah. I still RSVP'd. I had to send, like, proof of vaccination and all that stuff. And so I figured I'll just cover my bases in case I can go. Um, but I still might be limping pretty bad and maybe on crutches at that point. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but I would like to go just to see everybody and reconnect with everybody for the first yeah, time in, like, two true. years. Like, that's true. And because they are being very responsible about it, I literally had to send in, like, my card. And then they check, like, the barcode on it run it through the system to make sure it's legit, it's not a fake card, and then get back to you and say that you're you're good to go. Um, so they are being very responsible. And I don't know if they're going to sell every seat there. Um, I was just at a football game on Sunday night. Steelers lost. It was an amazing game, though. One of the best football games I've ever been to. But they did lose. Um, but even, like, that stadium was sold out, but, like, there was nobody. I had two seats to my right open and a seat to my left open and then the aisle. And, like, even though the game was sold out, it was their space in there for everyone. I was really surprised by that. I don't think it was intentional. I think a lot of people just didn't show up who had tickets or whatever, but I was nervous walking out when it's two like 90,000 people trying to get out of the stadium at once. That was a little mm-hmm. funky, but that whole stadium is outdoors. Um, yeah. So there's like a breeze blowing. And the crazy part too is once everybody started coming together, you saw everyone's mass mm-hmm. up. So people in California are very responsible. It's very nice yeah, to live here part. I mean, where I've, people care about everyone else. I've been to Disneyland <laughs> a few several times and yeah. I've never, you know, even when you're packed in, I don't, it doesn't, yeah. it's not an issue. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's multiverse. I didn't get it yet. So. <laughs> I haven't got it yet either. Thank God. I don't want to get it. Um, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about more anniversaries. November is good for that because that's mm-hmm. generally when consoles always launch. Yep. 
And uh, we have two other big anniversaries that happened this week. Both the Wii and the PlayStation 3 turned 15 this month. Um, so we're going to take a little walk down memory lane with both of these consoles. We'll talk mm-hmm. about the Wii first. Matt, now that we are so far removed from the Wii, how have your impressions of it changed as you've got further away from it? Um, I mean, not a lot. Like no, I, I early on. Were you I thought, not a fan? I know you're not really a fan now. No. Were you a fan at all whenever it was not? Thing? Not the from the instant I got my hands on it. Okay. Because it never worked right. Okay. As far as I was concerned, it, with, the, with you know some stuff like the Wii Sports stuff works pretty well. Yeah. But like as soon as you get your hands on, you know, the first game I had to review for that system was Red Steel, mm. and that set a tone. Yeah. And I don't think the Wii ever recovered recovered from it. Yeah. I don't think the Wii ever proved proved to me that it could do better than that. The Wii Motion Plus helped. It, Wii, Wii like, Motion Plus was a huge upgrade. Yeah, but like it just wasn't. Here's the problem though. This commercial right here. Yeah. This commercial is the problem because this set the expectations for what the Wii was going to be. And I just rewound it here quickly so you can see like how they marketed this. Like mm-hmm. they show the guy like hiding behind, hiding behind the couch. Things. Yeah, and, like, and so it makes you think that like okay, that sensor bar or something, like this. Like, it makes you think that the sensor bar does something yeah. crazy. And even doubly, it's like, try to play Metroid Prime like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're never going to hit anything. Like, it, Yeah. And, like, on top of that, it's like, I, I don't want to play a video game yeah. like that. <laughs> Actually, I was kind of excited like, by that at first when I saw it. I was like, really? Like, they're What gonna are you doing? Yeah. Like, they're going to be able to see that I'm hiding behind the couch? Like, that's insane. And as it turns out, it was all a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Never what worked that way. Um, it was it, almost reminds me of that fake Nintendo on video that that yeah. dude made way back in the day, right before this was actually shown. Shown, yeah, where people were like, I, "The Nintendo on looked more awesome." Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked the Wii back then. I still like the Wii now. I like stuff on it. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it did it's not, not. It was not any different than outside of the GameCube. It's not any different than what the, the Nintendo system had been for the last few generations. Was like my third tier system. Yeah, it was there to play Nintendo games, and that was it. Yeah, I mean the third party stuff was really weak. There were a couple games like uh, Rope. What was it called? Block something blocks. Boom blocks. Boom blocks. Like there were a few examples like that where third parties were like, yeah. okay, we're gonna make this game just for the Wii. Yeah, a couple of things like I liked. Um, um, what was what was the the violent like black and white mad something mad world mad world yeah. I like mad world um, I like no more heroes yeah um, every once in a while some weird little thing would sneak out yep um, usually that, from Japan yeah that I like but for the most part like the the thing that recommends the Wii uh, is Nintendo's own output you know the Mario Galaxy games Xenoblade um, you know Twilight Princess if you're into that uh, it's uh, uh, it, uh, it, uh, what was it? Well, that's the oceans, the, the, the ocean, oceanography games, uh, Eternal, oh, Eternal Blue. Eternal Blue, yeah, that was um, good. Endless Ocean, and those are the games, yep. Endless Ocean, there's yeah. two of them, Eternal Blue is the better one. Mm-hmm. Um, Eternal, Endless Ocean, Eternal Blue on Dolphin is awesome. Awesome. That game's great, uh, if you can find it. Um, well, if you're playing it on Dolphin, you don't need to find it. <laughs> well, I usually, gotta find the ROM. Well, I usually just I, all my Dolphin stuff is ripped from my discs. Uh, okay. Um, How do you rip from your discs? Uh, just put them in the. There's a 
PC There's a ripper? Things, and just rip it off. And, oh, okay. You know, just make a disc image and throw it in a dolphin, and it well, works. I didn't know that. And in fact, I think at this point, Dol- I don't know if dolphin. Like, my, I have a Saturn emulator that I just put my Saturn disc in the PC, and it plays off. The emulator plays it off the disc, hmm. and it runs fine. Interesting. Okay. That's how I play Dragon Force now. Yep. But here's here's one thing I'll say, Matt, about the Wii is it did do something that I don't think any other gaming console did before and has done since and it opened up gaming to an entirely new audience like we're coming up on thanksgiving here during the wii era there were lots of people traveling to their grandmother's house or whatever knowing that when they got there they were going to play video games with their grandparents Well, it was something that never happened before and has not happened since i think it was also significant that i noticed like when the Wii came out for a, for quite a while after the Wii came out. When we, you know, going out and drinking and, par- and going to bars and hanging out like after work was pretty common for yeah. everybody at our. Yeah, you if know, you're all young in our twenties and, and stuff. Yep. Um, well, I just turned thirty, but like right. we're still there. Um, the uh, like it, I suddenly like people would bring Wii motes mm-hmm. in their cars in case we went back to someone's house to play like bowling one. or something. Yep. We needed extra extra controllers. Yeah. It changed things, and I liked the changes. I liked, yeah. I liked the early on. Play. It was a very promising change. It just never went anywhere. Yeah, that was the problem. Is it? It was very promising at first, and it never really expanded on it. Yeah, it turned out the lightning in a bottle turned out to not be the Wii, but Wii Sports. Pretty much. Yeah, and Wii Play to some. Yeah, but like, but Wii Play mostly sold just because it came with a controller. Yeah. And people need and people need another remember, controller. Actually, for a while, Wii remotes were hard to find. Yeah, Wii remotes were very hard. And to so find. they would pack that in, and people would be like, "That's the only place I can the get a controller. Get it, so I might would... as well get the." I'm free sure people game. ended up with multiple copies of Wii Play just to have more than I'm one sure. controller. Yeah, but I liked that era. I liked what the Wii brought. Um, that was fun, like n- going out and never knowing if you're going to end up at someone's house playing. Did Wii you get Sports. the B-roll audio off? I did. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, I turned it off as soon as I saw that. I apologize for having the audio up on that. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know if we'll ever see that error again, Matt. No. you got to also realize, too, around the same time, Rock Band and Guitar Hero were in there. We're, we're singing at full throat. And so there mm-hmm. was just this... Yeah, Rock Band and Guitar Hero really took over. There was like this four-year window where gaming became really social yeah. and really fun. And well, I, I re- really enjoyed well, it. Well, even the Connect had a little bit of it. I remember going home for... I was, I was on a New Year's party, and the guy who was hosting it had a Connect, And we were playing like... You know, the kids were there. They were mm-hmm. playing... You know, it was like one of... I can't remember which game it was. It was a soccer thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But I played it with uh, my friend Garrett, who I've known since we were freshmen in high school. And he had never played a video game, as far as I know. And it was certainly the first time any of us had ever played a video game with him. Wow! And he, he got up and played with uh, played with us, and we're like, "Wow!" He's like, "I, I don't, don't." He's like, "Maybe." He's like, "Maybe Super Mario Brothers is the last video game he played." Wow! And like, <laughs> he's, he's like, "No, oh, it was fun. I enjoyed it." And, and like, I was like, "Wow, that was that was something." So like, while I have no real use for the Connect, I will always fondly remember that I got to play a game with my friend Garrett. Yeah, the one time in my life, and I think motion gaming was integral for VR. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see motion gaming come back to what it was during that era, but I do think that it was very important for it to mm-hmm. go through those learning phases so that they could incorporate the technology in ultimately into VR and make mm-hmm. VR as good as it can possibly be. Uh, Vincent says Harmonix got bought by Epic today. Really, that's interesting. That's interesting connection. That's odd. Mm-hmm. And we just. 
we brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> the exact day they get purchased. Good for them. They deserve to be purchased. Those guys are good. They're good guys and girls over there, and they work hard, and they do things the right way, and they've made some great games, and they 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 deserve to be a lot more successful for a rock band than they were is really what I'm getting at. Um, they should have made a lot more money off of rock band than it did. They ended up getting burned by all the peripherals. Just they overproduced them and blah, blah, blah. They ended up sitting in warehouses and it really doomed them really mm-hmm. to just making like mobile games and small, smaller indie stuff. Um, and so it's good to see that they have the backing now, but that's also a developer from that era, you know, that were mm-hmm. a big deal then and aren't such a big deal now. Um, I do think that the motion control era was needed. And I think it was important and I think it ultimately altered uh, the trajectory of the industry. I look at those days fondly. I look at my Wii fondly. I had a lot of good times with it, man. I got to play Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 on that thing. Like, the first party stuff was mostly really good. Um, third party, not so much, but, you know, when you have the other consoles, it's not as painful as it is if the only thing you own is, is a Nintendo console. So I didn't have to suffer, suffer through that like maybe some people did. So to me, I mean, it had great Sonic games, too. Like, the Sonic, best 3D yeah. Sonic games probably ever. Sonic Colors is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I feel like for whatever reason, the Wii in hindsight, I think a lot of people look at it like, oh, it was this commercial thing that like my mom and my grandma played. I think that's only telling part of the story, but I do think that that's an important part of the story. It's important to get new people into this to we'll spend money and that money ends up, you know, mm-hmm. helping get games created that we want to play that are, you know, that our moms and whatever don't want to play. Um, the more the merrier, the more money we're going to make. Um, the more money they make, the better it is for us. So I'm always open to getting new people into our hobby, uh, new people who can generate more revenue and more money for the publishers and the developers. Um, I think it's all good. And yeah. so I look back on the Wii as a great console. It was very brave. Um, it's very courageous of Nintendo to even think yeah, of doing something like that. could have easily gone the other like way. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it may have saved Nintendo. Because mm-hmm. think about what it had gone through right before that. It had gone through the N64 and the GameCube, which, let's be honest, both were failures. Yeah. Neither one of them sold more. I think the N64 sold, what, 50 million or something when it was N64 all said and done? The N64 did okay. And then the GameCube sold, like, 22. Although a lot of it was, like, the N64 did okay by the previous generation standards. Right. But the PlayStation, the PlayStation changed the game. The expectations, yeah. yeah, of what a successful console really yeah. was. I yeah. will also say that the Wii is my favorite launch night of all time. Me too. Um, I met the super fan. That's where I did that legendary interview with that guy outside oh, yeah. of the Target over we, just a mile away from here. The Wii super fan. We went to uh, the, the whole the whole show team went to uh, City Walk, because uh, that City was Walk. Cause that's where that's where <laughs> Nintendo had set up camp for stuff. And we basically went up to the Nintendo Nintendo's little table outside the GameStop and said, "We're X Play and we want Wii's." And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, "All right, go. Here's some wristbands. Go wait until nine thirty or something. So you can come in right as it opens and get them, and then go." And yeah. there's this huge line, like the line going all the way back to the parking lot, garage, and everything. It was ridiculous. so we went to the Hard Rock Cafe and drank for like two hours, and uh, came back out. They let us in. We got all our Wii's, and, and we were, were walking out. And uh, this is one of the nicest things I've ever seen anyone do. <laughs> uh, we're walking out, and uh, we see this like single mother with these two kids sitting way, way back in the line. Like she ain't getting up there till like two in the morning, kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, one of our group, Jess, uh, sees her and says, "Like, oh, are you waiting? Are you waiting?" And she's like, "Yeah, he really wants it, and I don't know another way to get it, but we have to be. I have to be." 
you know, stuff tomorrow and uh, and and just sold her her Wii. Wow. For retail price. Wow. Right there. And so she could go home and get some sleep. Wow. With her kids. And, and so Jess we, immediately regretted it. <laughs> no, she was fine. The next Joking. day, a bunch of us, um, instead of sleeping in after all that or playing our Wii's, we went out looking for another one to for find her. To her. find another one. That's so great. So we, we went all over the story. city finding it. Um, I met the Wii Super fan, the Sleep is for Babies Gamers Play All Night guy. Hmm. Uh, literally, that interview just has 20 quotes in it. Like, just, he, it was just hilarious. It was just this dude that I ran into there. In fact, the day that I left Game Trailers slash Viacom slash MTV, my farewell, farewell email was just that interview embedded. Hmm. That was it. I just said, embedded in an email and sent it out to everyone and said, thank you guys for everything. We'll talk soon or whatever. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Wii launch for me was very memorable. In fact, it's really the last memorable hmm. launch. Yeah. After yeah. that, they weren't really as big a deal. Yeah. I mean, before that was was 360, which we did the live 24-hour, 36-hour thing yeah. from the, up in Palmdale at the hangar, mm-hmm. um, which is still one of the weirdest things I've ever done. <laughs> it's really um, weird. Yeah. We like, all went out there, though, to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but that was – that was <laughs> by the end of that, that was surreal. Like, I just, it was. I remember I drove Adam home from that and, and go, uh, like after all that, and we are just like, what just happened to us? Yeah. Well, remember they and opened like, the truck with all the Xboxes, and they all just fell onto the ground. Yeah, and, and we're like, like, not that one. And like 300 of them smashed onto yeah. the concrete. <laughs> and we're like, give me one that's still in the truck. Yeah. And like – to, to its yeah. credit, that launch, that one I got that night, uh, that lasted years. Mine, I never got the red ring, and I got I mine did. there too. Mine red ringed on uh, after an hour of Ninja Gaiden Two. Oh, well, that's a fitting. But it game lasted for a it while. It lasted ring. a while. Mine never did. Um, so um, anyway, I have fond memories of the Wii. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I had spent a lot of time with it. I played games with people I had never played games with in my life, and never thought I would play games with in my life uh, because of the Wii. It became a, a phenomenon, a sensation. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like it again, Um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of sad, but it also just shows you how forward-thinking they were at the time. Let's shift gears to the PlayStation 3. My feelings about the PlayStation 3 are definitely way different than they are for the Wii, Um, and certainly not as glowing or as positive as they were with the Wii. First of all, obviously the price. $599 U.S. dollars for the PlayStation 3, um, still the most expensive console I've ever bought, I believe. Mm-hmm. How much was the Jaguar? And I didn't buy that. My family bought it for me. The Jag- I want to say the Jaguar was 600 Well, I think it might have been. 500 Yeah. But and like 3DO, I think, two money or right. whatever. Yeah. And I think the 3DO... 3DO was like 700 Was maybe more expensive. It was, it was really... It, the 3DO was the king of expensive consoles for yeah. a while. And total waste of money <laughs> if you bought it, unfortunately. <laughs> But the PlayStation 3, $600, okay, it's a PlayStation console. At that point, we were all hooked. We'd already owned a PlayStation and a PlayStation 2. And for most people, PlayStation 2 is the greatest console they ever owned. I would not begrudge anyone for having that opinion on the PlayStation 2. It was an amazing console with more games than you could ever play in like three lifetimes. So expectations were high for the PlayStation 3. They announced the price. We all bite the bullet and say, okay, all right. It's got that, what was it, the emotion engine and the cell processor yeah. and all this crap. Until they took it out. Until they took it out. And the then. Play- so the PlayStation 3, uh, I did not buy at launch. You did not? No. I, there was no reason to. Yeah. Um, it had a horrible launch lineup. Horrible launch lineup. I, uh, I had access to all of it already um, because of, you know, being at G4. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, 
the first game I had to review for that system was the Gundam game oh, that launched, <laughs> which is an even worse impression than Red Steel. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I was like, yeah, I'm good. And then for whatever reason, like, like a like a beginning like second week of December, I think somebody came in and was like to the office and was like, Best Buy down the street has a has a bunch of them. Yeah. Like so, uh, Adam Morgan and I we just went and bought them. Yeah. Like, we're just like as long as they're, they're here, we can just go get them. Like cool. Go. Like but yeah. we're I wasn't gonna wait in the line for nope. it. And, and like, to be <laughs> I, fair, that sixty gig fat PS3 is still functioning and in my you know in my office, and I'm glad I have it because it has the full backwards compatibility. For everything. I will say this: that thing is built like an effing tank. It is. I mean, it's still going. You pick that thing up, and it, you're like, this is solid state. Like mm-hmm. back when our parents were in their twenties or whatever, like there was this thing called solid state, which was just like a tagline for something that was built like a tank mm-hmm. and was going to last for a really long time, and they were more expensive. You got the solid state TV. That TV costs more, but it's going to last you 20 years or whatever they would say. Um, And when I picked that thing up for the first time, I'm like, oh, this is solid state, a term that nobody even uses anymore. But that thing is a beast, except for the flimsy plastic thing that goes over. Little cover thing, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That could easily break off. And the the dual scent, the dual, those controllers, before they put the rumble back in, you could literally snap them in half. And my, that was the first system I ever had analog stick drift on. Mm. PlayStation 3, my left stick on my launch controller lasted like a year and a half. And I was playing, I think I was playing a Jack and Daxter game or whatever. And I went to get a drink from the kitchen. I came back and Jack was walking across the screen. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? I like run over. And I had never experienced anything like that before. I'm like, the game's playing itself. What the hell's going on here? It's really I bizarre. Think, I think the first stick drift I ever had was on uh, Destiny. Oh, really? Which was on the 360, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I... um. That was, was a very well-loved 360 controller that that yeah. happened to, though. <laughs> I was excited for the PlayStation 3. Um, the launch lineup wasn't great, but I was excited for the hardware and the promise and what we had seen at E3 with all those bullshot trailers that Sony had showed. And I, you know, I was the guy that was beating the drum saying that stuff was fake from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't someone who was like, oh, my God, look at Killzone. That's what it's going to look like. I was skeptical. And, in fact, I was all over Phil Harrison, like, two weeks later – at an event where I was like, dude, those trailers are fake. And he tried to backpedal on it and say blah, blah, blah. Because what had happened was MotorStorm, we had seen gameplay of it at that point. And mm. I was like, oh, okay, that's not what that's you showed. That's not what that looked like. Yeah. yeah, and I brought it up. I'm like, MotorStorm doesn't look like what you showed. He's like, oh, yeah, sure it does. And I'm like, no, it doesn't, mm-hmm. man. Like, where's the mud getting wiped off the windshield? He's like, anyway. So the launch lineup was pretty weak for PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a while for any really good games to be available for it. And then, most importantly, Matt, all the third-party stuff was terrible. Mm. Terrible. Because nobody could figure out how to work with the cell processor. Or they just didn't want to. They're like, this is a pain in the ass. I looked today, because what I do for Name That Game to figure out what game I'm going to use for the day is I just walk over to my wall of games and I just look at it. And I just scan all the hundreds and hundreds of games until something catches my eye. And I'm like, oh, can I come up with that with questions for that? Is that going to be good? Is that going to be bad? That's how I do it. Well, today I walked over there and I looked and like, <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of Xbox 360 games. And I have like 30 PlayStation 3 games. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was the opposite. PlayStation 1, I had have hundreds of games. PlayStation 2, maybe I have a thousand PlayStation 2 games. I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. 
because that was when I first got in the industry. And back then, the publishers were sending out, like, games. Like, GameSpot, like, we get, like, 20 copies of games. They send us in, like, retail boxes that are all packed in. Now, they, like, they said one or two to each outlet or whatever. They were, they're stingy now. They weren't back then. So I have tons of PS2 games. Then PS3 comes, and it just... I literally have like 20 or 30 games for PS3. That's it. So, and you know, I a lot of PlayStation fans try to say, oh, well, it ended up catching the Xbox 360 and units sold. That may be true, and I think it probably is true, mm-hmm. but I think if you look at software sold between those two, it's not even close. Like the 360 probably, dis- I would guess, just destroys the attach rate of the PlayStation 3. At least in my house it did, and every house I've been into it did. I would think so. There's just nothing. PlayStation 3 very much became an exclusive box. Yep. It, it was the first PlayStation console where I was like, I am just I just have this for exclusives now, like a yep. Nintendo console. Well, because nothing ran well on it. Yeah. Like, the multi-platform stuff all ran better on the 360. And the big stuff, like Bethesda's games, which at the time were, I mean, they still are, but back then they were really the bee's knees, and, like, none of their games could run, ran well on the PlayStation 3. No. It really crippled it out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Skyrim never worked right on the PS3. Yep. And, I mean, there was tons of games like that where the – and we did – that's where our graphics comparisons came from. Mm-hmm. That's why game trailers invented the graphics comparison was because people would argue on our site all the time. Oh, it looks better on PS3. No, it looks better on 360. And we're like, okay, well, we'll just – Figure it out. We'll mm. find out, and we'll put them side by side and show you, and you can decide which looks better. And the PS3 lost everyone. We did hundreds of them because once mm. we launched them, people were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like it's crazy. That the idea only, was sitting there the all this time, time, and no one ever the, did it. The only game that looked was looked better on PS3 was one of the Burnouts. Yeah, that's oh. right. That's right. There is. Oh, so it was Revenge or, or Paradise. That's or right. I'm surprised you remember that. Uh, Darmus, thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. And I apologize to people who uh, who did it earlier, but the intro was already too long, and so I had to get moving. And again, we have a heart out today. but So mm-hmm. I apologize if I miss anyone who subscribed. Darmus, thank you, though. Um, so my, I'll be honest with you, Matt. My adulation for the PS3 is minimal. Mm-hmm. I think what I like the most about it is that it's backwards compatible mm-hmm. what you said like to me when i think of the playstation 3 that's the first thing i think of it can play every playstation game mm-hmm. up to the ps3 yeah um i don't think about like any specific games that blew my mind or blew me away no, i'm trying to think i mean the that, uncharted stuff that was where that, it was of, the uncharted console i mean that was where yakuza kind of came into its own yeah obviously yakuza 1 that's and 2 true. were already on ps2 but like 3 and 4 like it really kind of expanded itself there um, Ratchet, the Ratchet and Clank Future games are really good. Um, I really like the Infamous games. I'd wish they'd save those from that platform yeah. and move them forward. Uh, Resistance wasn't bad. Um, now I'm running out of. I mean, God of War three, the, re, the re, God of War three, and the remasters were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, The Last of Us, obviously. Yeah, I mean that's where uh, Uncharted started. Yeah, I mean it was the Uncharted console. Yeah. It really was. It was what showed off what the console could yeah. do more than Last any other franchise. Yeah. People forget Last of Us started on that at yeah. the very tail end. Yeah. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a shining jewel in the Sony crown, for sure. No, it's their black eye. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the Vita now the black the eye, too? The, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The Vita wasn't even important enough to be an eye. It's yeah. more like a... <laughs> it's like a stub toe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so I definitely, I mean, looking back to me, we way more important, built way more memories. My opinion but probably Shane, had just the, as many, if not more. The great HD games. era begins when we say it. Does. Right. Oh, I forgot that, Matt. I forgot that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, son. Forgot actually, you had to tell actually me when my, things started. I guess my favorite thing about the PS3 was sitting in the like fourth row center for the 2063 conference. Yeah. Ridge Racer, like all giant enemy that crab. Is, that is one. That was more surreal than than the bar, than the hangar launch thirty six hour live thing. Sitting there with, I just I will always remember sitting there watching like the twenty minute Eye of Judgment demo, right? And Morgan kind of leaned over, going, "What are we watching?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I don't know. know. <laughs> this yeah. is the third thing. Like yeah. it, it was so weird. And then I think it was like the two their 2007 press conference, which I think may have been even worse. Like they concentrated on all these games that looked terrible. And I remember mm. there was some PlayStation fanboy sitting behind me that just clapped for everything. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is like shovelware. Like mm. what are you like? He was just so blatantly in the tank for PlayStation. And, like, he drove me crazy the whole freaking press conference. And then I went on Invisible Walls the next week, and I was like, dude, somebody was sitting behind me at the press conference. I've never been around someone more annoying in my life. And that dude somehow caught wind of what I had said and, like, came after me. <laughs> it was like, you're everything that's wrong with this industry. I'm there. I'm the cheerleader. I'm having a good time. And you're just there to make every. It was just crazy. Anyway, I have so many stories. Huh. I could just go on and on. That's not one of the better ones, honestly. Um, but anyway, yeah, my my impressions of the ple- the PlayStation Three. A lot of it is it, it was the least I've liked Sony mm-hmm. because I felt like they were dishonest right from the beginning when they showed all those bullshit trailers, and then when people started questioning about them, they kept doubling down on it. Um, I just saw a different side of PlayStation that I had seen so far in my time in the industry with the PlayStation 3 because they were on the defensive for the first time, honestly, and they didn't handle it very well. Mm-hmm. They they didn't. They were no. used to just they being were, the bully. Yeah, and they were the, the, the most – it was their complete lack of response for so long that yeah. was most disheartening. It was like – Oh, you, did you realize what's happening? Or do you? And the crazy part was that stuff trickled down through their whole company. So you had Phil Harrison, who was being a pompous jerk about it, who wouldn't admit that they had lied and shown fake trailers. And even when the it was all on the table, mm-hmm. he still would admit to it. That that rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, look, everyone makes mistakes, but it's how you react to your mistakes that tells me who mm-hmm. you are. And they made a mistake. They made a bunch of mistakes. And instead of just being like, yep, we screwed up and we won't do that again and we're sorry, they're like, no, 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 no. You're not really seeing it the way it should be seen. It's like a lot of the stuff we've seen in politics. Like, don't believe what you're seeing and what your ears Mm -hmm. are hearing. It's like, no, I know what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. So for them to be like, just look away. I was like, screw you. But then it trickled down into like the people I had to deal with on a weekly basis. They're PR people. Mm -hmm. Like they became pompous. I hate to say it, jerks. Like, they used to be the coolest PR team in games. In the PS3 era, they kind of became jerks. Yeah, I mean, the the arrogant Sony thing comes from that era for a reason. Yep. So, I do not have very fond memories for a PlayStation 3 at all. Do you? Not really. I mean, there's some some stuff on it I really like. What about chat? Do you guys have fond memories of PS3? There's some stuff on it I really like, but, like, that whole generation is defined by how much I played the 360. I just... It was... 
beyond my daily driver. Yeah. It was my only driver. The only thing rip. I did. Like yeah. if, if a Wii game came out that I was interested in, I'd play that. If a PS3 game came out that I was interested, I'd play that. But otherwise, every day, if I was turning a game system on, I was going to be the 360. I was going to go online with my normal group of four or five people. Yep. We were going to play whatever we were working on achievements for, and that was it. Not long ago, I got under the bed in our spare bedroom to, like, basically make Hide. room for crap, like, <laughs> to figure out if, like, I want to, like, throw some stuff away. Mm-hmm. And I have a whole bin that's just controllers, literally. Oh, the controllers, like, there's, I swear you leave them alone, they multiply. Dude, I And then have, they get weird and sticky. And I have, like, like 35 Xbox 360 yeah. controllers, all different colors, and they're all, the sticks are worn out on almost yep. all of them. Mm-hmm. That's how much I played that thing. It's crazy. And I just never built that relationship with the PlayStation 3. And so I don't have much affinity for it at all. It's clunky. It's heavy. It's huge. It's The chat seems to agree. Yeah. Let's, Thumbs down let's bring PS3, up the chat here. So never owned a PS3. Regretted my PS3 purchase. I regretted my PS3. Never owned. Thumbs down on PS3. Um, Bought a PS3 I, for MGS4. I think that was a, that's a pretty common story. Yeah. Still the, only way to, <laughs> still the only way to play MGS4. I bought the PS3 the day after The Last Guardian was revealed at E3. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Barry Lomax, I just ended up playing Marvel 3 once that came out. Um, I only own P- PlayStation consoles, all of them. So, yeah, I love the PlayStation 3. Okay, that's Fire from Fire Native. Um, Barry Lomax, I had sold my 360 and regretted it. I could see that. I would have as well. Um, Mellowak, I have great memories of playing the Uncharted games and The Last of Us. Other than that, I have a bunch of memories that could have been 360 memories had my two different Xboxes not died on me. And that was the problem with the 360 for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Time, Zinni, says the PS3 was way quieter than 360. Agreed. Absolutely it was. Um, and he said that's why he grabbed them for PS3, like Skyrim and South Park. <laughs> Skyrim on PS3, man. <laughs> you deserve a badge of honor for suffering through that. Um, OTAF's PS3 launch price review. I went right out and got a 360. Borrowed one at the end of the gen to catch up on their exclusives. Yeah, yeah prior I'd love my PS1 and PS2. You're like everybody. Everybody loves 599 those. US dollars. Yeah, we hope you'll get a second job to afford <laughs> That's our right. console. I forgot about Ken Kutaragi saying that. That dude. Um, very. Ma- I believe we have made the most beautiful thing ever. Please do not criticize it. Ashes in the Hourglass brings up a good point. Souls began on PS3 with Demon That's Souls. True. That's correct. And Dark Souls. Yeah. Was Dark Souls on PS3? Uh, yeah, Dark Souls had uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, you're and right, two, actually. I think. Yeah, you're I right. Believe, you're yeah. absolutely right. Um, I wore my 360 controller down to a completely smooth surface. <laughs> Noxaternitis. Um, Al Cabone says it was my Blu-ray player. Yeah, yeah, just like that's true. Just like a lot of people got PS2 for the DVD player because it came out right when the Matrix was coming out on DVD. Can't underestimate that stuff. That's for sure. Yep. AJ the Legend Watson. I had some good times with my PS3, but overall, meh. Uh, Ammo Clip 20. I still use my PS3 for PS1 game discs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the easiest way to play yeah. PS1 games It's the main now. reason I don't have a PS1 or a PS2. It's also the only reason, right? And it's the only, re- I do have my PS2 still. But it's also the only reason I, might I, ha- I still I have, have my, P- my PS3. Yeah, I think I have my PS2 in a box somewhere, but I don't, you know, yeah. it's, it's not out. Or, yeah, me either. Yeah, mine's all boxed. I do, I also, have a, I have an original PSX with the, you know, with the uh, yellow, yellow, white, red inputs. Yeah. Um, that I don't think works anymore, but I do have it in a box with an ancient receiver in the garage. Yeah, I should I should pull that out and just like give it to a DJ or something. You I know, should. I know they like. I, I, they'd probably have to fix it. I don't think it works, but uh, Nexus Six Baddie says PlayStation Three sold more units than Three Sixty in the end. Though we yeah we mentioned that, um, but we also mentioned that the 
attach rate and the software sold on each console, it was it was even close. The Xbox 360 destroyed it. Yeah, PlayStation 3 came on at the end when people had yeah. been gone from 360 and people still wanted to play yeah. PlayStation. And the exclusive. Slim got price cuts and it's like, yeah. Yep. It, 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 PS3 stayed around a long time. Yep. Thanks, chat. That was great. Great commentary. Definitely add something to the show when we can go and uh, check in on your comments. So anyway, that's our nostalgic trip through the uh, the land of the Wii and the PlayStation 3. My overall impressions, Wii ended up being way more important, um, ended up changing the industry more. I had more fun, more unique fun on the Wii than I did on the PlayStation mm-hmm. 3. If I had to go back, knowing now, knowing what I know now, and someone said you had to pick one of the two, I would probably pick the Wii. I would. I think I'd still pick the PS3. I would ask for a Motion Plus. Yeah, that's fair. I would still pick the PS3. It's got the Yakuza's. It's got uh, the, the Souls. It's got way better third party. It's got the so. Uncharted. It's got yeah. You know, those games are more important to me, even if the system was not. What if only one system could exist? Which one would you say should exist? Um, I'd still take the PS3. Would you? Yeah. Interesting. The the, the waggle does nothing. Now for you me. don't like motion controls. Yeah. yeah. Like I would rather have I would rather have Mario Galaxy be a straight up Mario game without the wiggly shit. Yeah. Like I don't care. I don't, I can understand that perspective. Okay, it's time to move on. We're gonna talk next about the Game of the Year awards, the Game Awards, and their Game of the Year nominees. Um, Matt, we do this every year. They announce their nominees, and we mm-hmm. kind of go through them. And we have to be very, be very careful here because we don't want to tip our hand because our Game of the Year episode is coming up here in about three or four weeks. Um, and we don't want to let you guys know what we're kind of leaning towards for our picks. We have to be very careful when we discuss this stuff. Um, however, I think it's a little easier this year, Matt, because there were a lot of games left off the nominee list for the Game Awards. In some cases, the games that were left off have higher Metacritic scores than some games that were on mm-hmm. the Game Awards list. And so we're going to talk about that stuff, too. Uh, but very quickly, we're going to go through the nominees for Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Uh, first up, Deathloop. Matt, do you think Deathloop deserves to be a nominee for Game of the Year this year? No. No. I didn't like Deathloop. Like I at all, I really. I'm the only person in the world, apparently. I wouldn't go that far. But, like, uh, no, Deathloop's ridiculous review scores, and, like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, yeah, spoilers. This is probably going to be my didn't uh, we didn't get it. <laughs> for the, for our you can't spoil that stuff, Matt. <laughs> um, like, I do not understand what people see in this thing. Really? I really don't. I don't think there's anything special about it whatsoever. Because, like, it bored the shit out of me. A lot of times. I tried. I kept trying to play it. Oh, you and did? It is you kept just, going back? It is just still installed. Like, I keep trying to play it. I know. I just don't get it. Mm. I don't. There's nothing interesting about this game to me. Yeah, a lot of times, like, if there's games that don't click with me, I can still understand why other people like them. Mm-hmm. Like, my only guess is that, like, the concept is interesting to people, but I don't think the concept is executed very well. And I think it's been executed better in almost every other example of it I can think of in all other mediums and this one. Like, mm. like I think Titanfall 2 does the, the weird time thing more interestingly. And it doesn't even really lean on that very hard. I, I just don't care. I think Deathloop making the finalist of nominees for the Game Awards shows the lack of innovation in the industry right now. Because it's basically, I mean, it's executed pretty well. But it, it basically, I feel like, made this list because it was one of the few unique games from this year. Although there's a game that did make the list that I think some people may argue, that's very similar, that I think some people may argue should have made the list instead of this one. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Next up, It Takes Two. 
How do you feel about that? I think that deserves to be on there. Agreed. Yep. That was a big surprise. Yep. Especially considering that guy's previous output. Yeah. Uh, which I did not like. Uh, what was it? Was it uh, Joseph the, Ferris? The Way Out. The Way Out. That? Yeah. I did. I hated that game. There he is. I the F the Oscars guy, who I'm this, sure we're going to see again at the yeah, Game Awards sure. here in a uh, couple but weeks. This, this game actually, uh, if he wants to shoot his mouth off this year, I think he earned it. Yeah. With this one. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, certainly on the hot list for pleasant surprises of 2021. Oh, yeah. My expectations for this were so low, and then I played it. <laughs> so I, again, this is also a unique game, a cooperative mm-hmm. platformer, and that's all it is. Not something that's very common in the industry. No, it's just, it's you know not necessarily super innovative, but it's like they picked what they wanted to do and they just did it yep. well, yep. like top to bottom. Yep, absolutely. So I agree. I think it deserves to be on there. Next up, Metroid Dread. Well, I wouldn't put it on there. I wouldn't either. Um, I get Certainly not considering some of the things that were left off. After reading reviews and looking at the Metacritic scores for this, I get why it's on here because yeah. so many people gave it high review scores, they got to put it on yeah. here. And also, let's be honest, Nintendo's in good with Jeff. There's yeah. like a lot there's a lot but of Jeff doesn't pick these though. Yeah, but like Nintendo's in good with Jeff and so there's going to be a lot of presence there. There's also, you know, the the judgment panel or whoever picks these things, you know, there's a constant fondness for Nintendo among that level of the press. Like there's favoritism in play here uh without any doubt to me. Like, well, I think a lot of people look, if you give People are glad to see Metroid back, which I can't blame them for that, yeah. but this game was not good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's not good. I would just say, to me, it wasn't great. Was it wasn't it wasn't on par with any of the. It, I mean, I can't even call this game as well executed as Deathloop. Like, I don't like the way Deathloop does a lot of things, but like, I like a lot of Deathloop's ideas. I don't understand what the Emmy idea. I don't either. Is. I mean, I'm well, seeing I, stuff I see in this trailer that annoyed the crap out yeah. of me playing the game. So it's reminding me of like the stuff I didn't yeah. like so about. I, so I support yeah. Deathloop being on this nominee list above Metroid Dread, which is not a thing I ever thought I'd say. Hmm, that's a tough call for me. Um, but look, they, it had to be on the list because look, if you have all these outlets that gave it a nine out of ten or an eight point five out of ten, you're selling out your editorial by mm-hmm. not including it as a nominee. You're basically and, saying uh, we were yeah, wrong. But there's also it also feels like there just has to be a Nintendo game on the list. Yeah. So. And what else did they have? Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to give it to Diamond and Pearl, <laughs> <that's> for sure. <laughs> or any, like, what else? What other, you know, what are you going to give it to, like, Mar- WarioWare? Or? Yeah, but I mean, just so we should, we should mention this. Like, the way the nominees are chosen is there's an editorial committee that's mm-hmm. made up of basically the EICs of the biggest publications in the, the industry, and they you they send you this at least I used to do it this way before they kicked me out of the council because I didn't work at game trailers anymore which is weird it's like are you more concerned about getting the awards right or are you more concerned that you're representing like the biggest outlets because I was mm-hmm. a part of it for how many years and then because I don't work at game trailers anymore suddenly my vote isn't important like that's weird to me does no, that not strike you as weird? Doesn't strike me as weird. It strikes me as how the fucking business is played. Yeah, but whatever. So anyway, that's. Like, how I'm not saying there's corruption or whatever. I'm just saying like, there's a certain way. There's a certain inner circle and there's a certain not an inner circle, and that's just how it is. Yeah, and I'm not a part of that inner circle anymore. Apparently, so I was cut from the team that helped decide the nominees for this um, because I'm not at a huge outlet anymore. So take that for what you will. That's just the truth of how it worked out for me. Um, but what happens is all the EICs, they send you, like, this huge spreadsheet 
and they tell you to like rank the games. So they'll be like, what's your number one? And that will get more weight. But you mm-hmm. list, you actually list like five games for mm-hmm. each category in order uh, that you prefer them. And so, you know, that, I don't know why they do it that way, honestly. It may be so that you end up with a Nintendo game as a nominee every mm-hmm. year, even though it, it really maybe has no chance. A lot of, of people winning. are going to throw that Nintendo game in the three or four slot. Right, and that's going to end up being enough to get it in there to make it up, make it a nominee, but mm-hmm. not win exactly. So I don't know. Again, I'm making this stuff up. Like I'm not making it up as far as how it works. Yeah, I mean clearly they're not sitting around debating Metacritic scores because otherwise there's yeah. things that would be on here that are not on here. Right. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, I would not have included Metroid Dread as one of my nominees. It wouldn't have been my top five. Um, I think its chances of winning are pretty much slim to none. Uh, next up, Psychonauts Two. Definitely deserves to be on here. Yeah. This game of the year is made for games like Psychonauts 2. Um, if you haven't played it yet, what are you waiting for? Really, what are you waiting for? It's on Game Pass. No excuse to not have played and finished this game because it's also very short. And I do wonder if that will help the game ultimately in the voting because a lot of people will have <clears throat> finished it. Um, I don't expect it to win. I don't either, but it should be considered. Yeah. Seriously considered. For sure. Um, next up, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart definitely deserves to be on here. Oh, yeah. No question. Without a doubt. Um, technical marvel, in all honesty. Like, if you, if you, if this game is not on your Game of the Year nominee list, uh, you better be not including PS5 games. Right. Like, well, if it's not like, on your Game of the Year list, I have lost some respect for you. Yeah. I'll put it to you that Or way. you're just, like, a PC-only site. That, or, or yeah. you didn't play it, because yeah. <laughs> otherwise... I mean, just look at that shot right there. It's just, this game is insane. This, is to me, was the first taste of next gen. What next gen really should be, and hopefully, ultimately, mm-hmm. will be like. Uh, we need more games like this. Not that it's hurting sales of the consoles any, that's for sure. Uh, it's just incredible. And it's like, you look at this, you're like, oh, yeah, sure, it's pretty. No, it plays just as well. It's just as much fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's awesome. Definitely deserves to be on there. You don't want it to end. No, exactly. I didn't want it to end, and then it did maybe a little too early. Um, and then the last nominee, and I feel like this might be the most controversial, Resident Evil Village. I actually enjoyed the crap out of Resident Evil Village. I loved it. Um, but I am predisposed to games like this. I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I love horror, both games and films and television. Um, I'm a sucker for this type of stuff. Um, but even I could see that this game had flaws and it wasn't perfect and whatever and i don't think anyone is ever saying that game of the year nominees have to be perfect they none of them are really um but this game maybe stretched the boundaries of that a little bit um yeah i wish i could see the tally on this to see kind of where the rankings came in Mm -hmm. um i don't know well that's the other thing we'll never see that we'll only know who won or which Mm -hmm. game won um but even as a big fan of this game and this franchise and the subject matter Village is a little bit of a stretch for me. And also, I should add, to the point I was saying earlier, is that there are tons of games that ended up way higher in Metacritic. And that segues nicely to the second section, which is me bringing up games that maybe should have made the list instead. And Matt, I just want you to tell me what you think. And the first one is Returnal. So when we were talking about Deathloop earlier, Mm -hmm. and I said there's another game very similar that maybe executed the idea a little better, this is the game that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about Returnal being on the list instead of the games that made it? Absolutely should be on there. Yeah. I'll say this. 
it made me like roguelike games for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. That's no small feat. Like you replaced Deathloop or Metroid Dread with that. Yep, I would Easy. do that in a heartbeat. Easy. In a heartbeat. And I am surprised that it was not a nominee. Are you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Like um, maybe not the because Deathloop got reviewed so well, but but the idea that Returnal's not on there and Dread and Resident Evil are is is weird. It is to weird. Me. Yep. I I found that interesting. Another game that doesn't add up. Also, by the way, Returnal, higher Metacritic scores Mm -hmm. than some of the games that made the list. Another game with higher Metacritic scores than some of the games that made the list, Forza Horizon 5. Mm -hmm. It's like the, review-wise, it's like the best driving game of the generation, of last Mm -hmm. generation. And it can't even get a nod for Game of the Year. What do you think it would take for a racing-slash-driving game to be a nominee for Game of the Year? Because if this game can't get it, like... I don't know. I don't like, know if it's possible. No, I think you're. I think it would have to be named Gran Turismo. You really? Yeah. You think that would do it? I think it would. How come? Because Gran Turismo has some kind of weird cachet with, as Tim Rogers might say, old school game touchers, <laughs> who uh, who just inexplicably like elevate that above what Forza is. I mean, we get some GT fanboys commenting. Yeah, I see you get, get in the comments. <laughs> I hear it. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> we definitely get them on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Some of the, there are some Gran Turismo fanboys on YouTube. And, exactly. Uh, every Gran time we Gran talk Turismo, about this Gran this Turismo game, has a fanboy contingent. It does. And some of those fanboys are in the press. <laughs> and I guarantee you, when Gran Turismo comes out for PS5, it, if well, it depends. If yeah. Gran Turismo had come out for PS5 this year, it would be on this list. You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. No question. I think if it comes out next year, it's going to have too much stiff competition. Yeah. So many because let's be honest, resonate with Gran Turismo. Let's be honest. One of the reasons this list is controversial to some degree is that it was not a clear cut year for yeah. the best games of the year. Like yeah. it was it was a it was a scattershot year in terms of the standout games. This is another year like the very year that, taste driven. Yeah. It's another year where like the year the control one where there's just really not any clear cut game that's far and away better. Um, and that year, I think I gave it to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, which is a great game. But it's not one of those standout, like, as soon as you play it, you know it's like a Game of the Year contender. It's one of those games mm-hmm. where, at the end of the year, when you're doing a full accounting of the year, you realize, oh, that was the best game that I played this year. Yeah. Um, and there's a difference, for Which sure. Horizon is great, but, like, you know, and also it's it's maybe because it's got a five at the end of it. Nah. And, like, there's yeah. an element of, like, seen it. That's true. Yeah. But it's never been a nominee. No, never. <laughs> like it's never been on the hot list. There's also sort the of a, there's an I think there's probably an element, uh, certainly in terms of, of press that plays almost everything. Like, well, all it is is a driving game. Yeah. You They're know? easy. Yeah. Until you try to make one. Until you try to make one. Yep. Uh, the next game, I have no arguments with this game not making it on the hot list, and that game is Hitman 3. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was waiting for that one, <laughs> but dude, it's Metacritic is like higher than Vi- Resident Evil Village. Yeah, it's Metacritic's like eighty five. I, I think this one suffered from early in the year syndrome. I guess people, people forgot how they how much they liked it. People forgot it was this year. Maybe. I didn't forget how much I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> this one I definitely will not argue that it did not deserve to make it. But I know a lot of people really liked it, and I know it reviewed really highly. So it's a little weird that. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, look, if I would certainly put it on there over Deathloop or Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Um, or at the very least, I would say you could flip a coin between this and Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't super. I mean, it's, it's not like I saw this list and was like, "Where's Hitman?" Like, right. it was, it was, yeah. you know. But yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I forgot how well that reviewed. They reviewed very well. Yep. Um, next up, Monster Hunter Rise. Um, mm. 
I think a lot of Nintendo fans probably would think that this might deserve to make it, but I think everyone else would probably be like, no. No, I certainly wouldn't. Yeah. Play and I played it. a ton of it. Yeah, I didn't play any of it. I, I played care. a ton of it, and I don't think, but it's Metacritic also. Right? I didn't play it. I didn't play that. I no, don't I think you did, that. yeah. It's Metacritic also equal to Village. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it, and it didn't make it on there. Um, another game I was surprised to find out it had the same Metacritic as Resident Evil Village. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about mm. time. That game also reviewed the same as Village. Um, did not make the list. I would argue this does not deserve to be on the Game of the Year list, and I would argue this game was over-reviewed. But yes. uh, the scores are too high. It doesn't deserve the scores that it got. I think we probably said that back when it came out as well. Mm-hmm. It's good, and it's solid, and it's a finely crafted product. I just it was I found it very annoying because they, for whatever reason... They decided to put Crash Bandicoot in. Well, <laughs> that. And they decided to make it like the old Crash games. It's like, no, there's a reason the industry has moved on from 1996. And for whatever reason, they have you running at the camera and doing all this other goofy stuff that should have stayed in the PlayStation 1 era. Um, again, it's a solid game, not worthy of Game of the Year. But the critics thought it was because it's Metacritic is right up there with the other contenders. Um, and then there's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Ple- one of the pleasant surprises from this year is how good this was um, because Tony's games had been on a downward trajectory for quite a while. Um, this one, at the very least, just stabilized it. It wasn't, like, worse than the games that had come before. Um, also, Metacritic, right around where Resident Evil Village is. But, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'll say this. It's hard for me to think it's okay for a remake to win game of the year so i can understand that's a tough sell yeah i can totally understand why this one wasn't uh, on the hot list even though it did review about the same as a lot of the other ones uh tales of arise which i did not play as much of as you did Mm -hmm. how do you feel about tales of arise do you think it deserves a nod there i really liked it but i don't think i would really shortlist it for that okay like it i certainly think it should be in the conversation but it wouldn't doesn't surprise me it's not there yeah me either Um, and i only played limited amounts of it i didn't play anywhere near as much as you but what i did play it's a solid action RPG, but yeah. nothing more. Um, like, this this year might have been one of the few years where I would think it, it even had a shot. Yeah, because, it, as you said... there's just not much competition. Yeah, the competition's been a little weaker So much slip year. to next year. and Yep. And then here's the final game where that I saw and was like, uh, that may have made it on the list, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Another. I mean, Guardians has a lot of nominations in other categories. Yeah. Another really pleasant surprise from 2021, mm. along with It Takes Two and a couple others. Returnal was a pleasant surprise for me. Yep. Um, this game is really good. They just added uh, ray tracing to the game, mm. which you may say whatever, but Matt, I don't know if you noticed or not, developers have abandoned ray tracing. Mm-hmm. Like, most games are not getting ray tracing, <laughs> and they're not even saying, like, oh, it's coming later anymore. <coughs> they're just like, nope, we're not mm. going to do it. And or like they just do it without any announcement. Or, like, yeah, oh, it's or, here now. Yeah, sometimes it just but, shows up. Um, but this one just the ray I think tracing. That's, I don't. I think that's because you, they don't know if it's going to even run properly right. until they try it. So yeah. they don't want to make any promises. Maybe. Um, and it's not important. It's not going to sell you any copies. So I think it's, it's stuff that happens post-launch. Yep. This game's great. Um, if you haven't bought it yet, I highly recommend yeah. it. And it's on like deep sale right now. It it's is. It's like 30 bucks. You're going to be out on Friday. You may be able to find it for even less. Yeah. Like, like pick, this this, pick this one up cheap. No this, question. Yeah, this is definitely a game to keep your eye out for on Friday. Yeah. During Black Friday sales. Um, do you think it deserves to make the top five? I mean, I would definitely put it on there above Deathloop and Resident Evil. It's a fringer. It's right there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, if the combat felt a little better, mm-hmm. 
I probably probably be a no brainer like, to me. Like I'm pretty much I'm pretty fine with it being nominated for what it's been nominated for mm-hmm. and not getting Game of the Year nomination because it's it is a little rough. Yeah, around the edges. Yep. for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, it some should, of the other games are too, though. <laughs> it is, but it should it should be mentioned, and I I, I figure it yeah. was. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge disappointment that it's not on there, but I still would put it on there over Deathloop because I didn't like Deathloop. Yep. What about folks in chat? Is there one game that's on the nominee list for the game uh, the game awards that you're not feeling that you don't think should be on there? And if there is, tell us what you think you should replace it with. Um, EDH420 is rating our stream. I'm not even sure what that means. That means he's just bringing his crew over here? Yeah. That's awesome. His crew of one. Thank you. Is that a party of two? Party of two. <laughs> Infamy, party of two. Your table is ready. Ashes in the Hourglass says, Ratchet is just a tech demo. Ooh. Ooh. Them's fighting words around these parts. Careful. <laughs> Ted, Pri- Ted Price will get you. Yeah. <laughs> I, if somebody says that to me, and I may be wrong, but if someone says that to me, I just think they haven't played it. I, I would like to play more tech demos then, I guess. <laughs> if that's a tech demo, I'll play tech demos for the rest of my life. <laughs> I definitely will. Um, Case Money says, drop Resident Evil, insert Returnal. I think that might be a pretty common refrain. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Metacritic around 82%. Yep, And Resident Evil Village was like 83 or 84, depending on the version. Um, Godzilla says gaming press very rarely show anything Xbox love. I don't know about that. Um, there hasn't been much Xbox only stuff to show love, right? Um, Fire Native says I think Guardians was good top ten, maybe not top five. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I think it, I think it's stronger in the writing and presentation categories than the game categories. Really. Oh, Justin Horman says that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is actually twenty five dollars on Amazon right wow. now. Go get it. That's a that's a perfect worth price. every penny. Yep. Ridiculously good price. I'm not that. worried about any of you coming back here and saying that I screwed you by buying that mm. game for 25 bucks. Um, Liberal Hack says Deathloop has no business there. Okay. Um, Returnal should be on there. I play tons of roguelites and it stands out. Nox Aeternitis. Um, Resident Evil Village is the eyebrow razor. Yep. Okay. I think everyone's kind of on the same page with that stuff. So. There you go. Those are the nominees for the Game Awards Game of the Year. Um, are they doing fan voting for a fan vote again this year? Probably. I'm yeah. not paying attention. Yeah. So I mean, go make your voices heard over on the Game Awards I mean, website. We say it. I say it every year. It's a commercial. Yeah. Like, who cares about these awards? Like, no one cares about these awards. They are the the Game Awards is a commercial for. The, well, the industry the, cares. Eh, they do. Eh, oh yeah, they do. They like a thing on the box, but the. The in- industry, the PR people care. The marketing people care. The actual developers care. I don't this know. is this is their Oscars, dude. They no, look at not. these awards. Yes, the, they, the Oscars are the Oscars because it is peers recognizing peers. This oh is, wait, this the Oscars the, are voted on by industry folks. Yes, the the Oscars are the Dice Awards or the Game Developers Choice Awards. This is the Golden Globes. Oh, okay. So the Golden Globes are voted on by the press. The pre- foreign, foreign Press Association. Yeah. yeah. So not okay. exactly a one to one thing, but yes, this is closer to the Golden Globes gotcha. than to the Oscars. Okay. I was not aware of that. I didn't. I didn't know how the Oscars were. The Oscars are the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, and you you are you vote on. I mean, some of the larger categories is everybody votes on them, but for the most part, like best cinematography is voted on by the cinematographers people. You okay, know, the, but yeah, etc. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's why they're so highly because the people who do what you do are recognizing you as being the best at doing what all of us do. Yeah, that's that's why they're important. Like, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think 
developers probably value Dice Awards more than the Game Awards, but yeah, people are like, I don't like it by much. Like, like you can see, like you look at like when Rockstar goes up and gets an award. You know, first of all, you never see them. They show mm-hmm. up to get an award at the game, the game awards. Yeah, because it's a PR opportunity. They don't care about PR though. They really don't. They don't give a crap about any of that. In fact, they hate that crap. But um, they, I, think, I, think, I think they don't care about their peers even more. You may be right. That's true. <laughs> but they show up. Naughty Dog shows up. You can tell they care. Mm-hmm. Like when Sony Santa Monica, when God of War won, Corey Barlog cared a whole hell of a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Like you could see he couldn't hide it. Like he was like overwhelmed with emotion. So developers care a lot about these awards. Um, I would agree with you. I think most viewers don't take them especially mm-hmm. seriously. Um, and maybe that might help if Jeff was a little more transparent about how the awards worked and where they came from. And blah, if we, blah, if blah. we care that much about these awards, and why are half of them given out by Jeff just li- reading right. off a list on, on yep. camera and then like jumping in the next trailer? I don't buy that at all. I don't buy it. I don't think anyone cares beyond the the visibility they give you and the thing they can slap on the box. Developers it's a PR care. opportunity. I think the fans, the viewers, all they care about is the exclusive trailers. Yeah, and they may care about game of the year, and that's it. Like, maybe they <laughs> maybe. care about game of the year because they get to complain about or it, or they get to argue about it yeah. online or whatever. But yeah. like, you know, but they're some of the there other, for I mean, the I've got people in the chat already complaining about like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven got nominated for best RPG, which yeah is pretty ridiculous. Was it but, nominated? Yeah, yeah got got a best RPG. Well, then I'm nomination. surprised it wasn't nominated for game of the year. Which is, well, they weren't that crazy. <laughs> I don't know um, that, which is kind of ridiculous. But like, um, they're probably just gonna Jeff's probably just gonna read who won that off like in the middle, like right like between two. Ads commercials for, ads for razors or something yeah. and no one's going to even notice it happen yeah like if you want me to believe that the awards are important in this show you got to make the awards important in this show and yeah. they don't yeah they do so yeah they for probably 70 percent of the awards they're just ripped off yeah. like they just rip through maybe the Corey's just happy he got one of the awards that he got to be on camera for <laughs> no you could tell he was very happy oh, sure i mean recognition for the for for that game because you know they took a risk with it, as mm-hmm. much as people don't want to admit it. Like yeah. you know that was a risk reinventing that franchise yeah, to absolutely. that degree. Yep, and it, and paid, it paid off. off. It absolutely paid off. Okay, it's time to move on to our next to last topic. Our last topic in today's show are our Turkey Awards. If you are new to Game Face or new to me, because I've been doing the Turkey Awards for Thanksgiving since like 2006 at Game Trailers. <laughs> we did the Turkey Awards on Invisible Walls for like six years straight. I brought them over to Sifted with me here on Game Face. That is not next, but next after next. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about probably what ended up being the biggest story of the week. And we've talked about this is a story that just keeps going because we've talked about it already twice, at least. And that is Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. It just it seems like when everything is starting to calm down. And Activision Blizzard is like starting to get his craft together and starting to deal with the issues that it has internally at his company. Something happens. And what happened this week was the Wall Street Journal published a bombshell story on Activision. But really, the story was about Bobby Kotick, Mm -hmm. who is the CEO at Activision and has been for like decades at this point. Has it been like 30 years or something insane? His salary is even more insane. He makes like $100 million a year when it's all said and done mm-hmm. to be the CEO of Activision, a video game publisher, which no other video game publisher has a CEO that makes that kind of money unless you're a platform holder. You're a Sony mm-hmm. or a Microsoft or a Nintendo. But even then. Even then, they don't make that much, which is crazy. It's all Call of Duty money when it yeah. comes down to it, I guess. Well, the Wall Street Journal, excellent reporting, 
Um, basically, what else would it be? Is the only thing they make. Yeah. Um, excellent reporting. Uh, reported that Bobby Kotick has known about the sexual harassment issues at Activision Blizzard for a long time. Of course he has. Um, not only has he known about them, he was a part of them. Of course he was. So he... <laughs> there's so, uh, My notes for this If are there are powerful like men in a place of business, that is happening. Almost yeah. guaranteed. Yep. Here's a quick rundown. Bobby Kotick has been there for three decades. Um, he knew about the sexual harassment claims for years. He didn't tell the board about them. And then when the board asked him about it, he lied and said he was unaware of it mm-hmm. when confronted, even though there was a million ways to prove that he had known about it for forever. He left a voicemail with one of his assistants telling her that he was going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And set, they settled, Activision settled that out of court. <laughs> He also, and this is all reportedly, allegedly, and I should be very, I should, it's very important that I say that, allegedly, reportedly, Bobby Kotick paid a flight attendant of his private jet $200,000 after she was, again, allegedly, reportedly, sexually harassed by the pilot. Just paid her two hundred grand, just so. To shut up. Just to Go shut away. up. Yep. And apparently she took it. He says he will step down. So people are calling for his head. Mm-hmm. Like the employees at Activision are like, oh, Although no. not the board. Not the board. Because the board is basically a bunch of his friends. Right. And the board gave him a vote of confidence. Yeah. How disgusting. All, I don't know. I don't remember exactly that. But if you look at the board, it's like. His all bros. Pe- they're bros. They're like people related to him by marriage, I think. there's like it, It's it, all it's, money. Yeah. It just shows you how disgustingly people care about nothing else but money. Well, also to this remember... This board was presented with all this evidence. Oh, yeah. Well, also remember that a lot of times when it comes to this stuff, when, when you're dealing with this amount of money, you are also dealing with a bunch of people who have known each other forever and all have the same kind of money and know to close ranks when this stuff oh, gets yeah, threatening. to protect each other. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what's happening. The board gave him a vote of confidence, which is also probably how he got away with not telling the board about the other stuff because he's like, why would I tell them? They're not going to care. No, of course. He knew they wouldn't care. They're my bros. They only care now that it's out. Right. Now that it's out. Exactly. Um, So he says, after all this, that he will step down, quote, unquote, if he can't fix it. Whatever that means. And the employees of Activision Blizzard are like, no F you. You got to go no matter what. The the employees of Activision are like, we think we know how that one's going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, because he's had a chance and he swept it under the rug all these Mm -hmm. years. So they're basically like, look, either you get rid of him or we're all leaving, which, you know, sometimes that has teeth. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, it all depends on how dedicated the actual workforce is <clears throat> to seeing change. Um, and he has asked for a pay cut until he solves the problem. That's his That's his make good on all this. The Wall Street Journal, Matt, uncovered more than 500 reports from former and current employees that cover sexual assault, pay disparities, bullying, and more. 500 cases. Mm-hmm. I know people may think Activision Blizzard is a big company. It's really not. It doesn't have anywhere near as many employees as you think it might have. Like, it's dwarfed compared to, like, Viacom, where I used to work at Game Trailers. Or Comcast, mm-hmm. where you used to work for G4. Before, you know, I ended up, I worked for G4 for, like, Thog, the House of Games or whatever. Mm. Um, 
It well, also it, which got even bigger once it merged with NBC Universal. Right. Yep. Um, Blizzard co-head Jen O'Neill, who left not long ago, and at first we were like, "What? Why would she?" After leave? very briefly being, she is only there. Yeah. She was a co-head for like months. Yeah. And she just left out of nowhere with well, that bizarre message about, "Oh, I think they're. I think it's." It's uh, going all right. It's like, I'm so confident in their ability to do this that I am getting the hell out of here. With like, my golden parachute yeah, as I jump was, out of the plane. Yep. It was um, a very she, weird message. And she, now we found out why. Yep. She says that she felt tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against as a female employee there. Even when she was the co-head yeah. of I, Blizzard. I have no doubt. <laughs> I have no doubt that was true. So, as we mentioned. Or the very wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, as we mentioned... Um, the Activision Blizzard board gave Kotick a vote of confidence. Um, so what's going to change it, Matt, when that happens? Pressure from the outside. Mm-hmm. And this week, that pressure started to come. Um, I believe it started with Phil Spencer at Microsoft saying that he felt like Microsoft needed to reevaluate its relationship with Blizzard and Activision going forward if something weren't done about Bobby Kotick. That was followed by PlayStation, Sony issuing basically the same Mm -hmm. exact statement, which was followed by Nintendo yesterday issuing basically the same statement. Like, you guys need to get your house in order, because if you don't, we're not going to work with you guys anymore. And that might be what really, Mm -hmm. even the board at that point, full of his bros. Yeah, if you can't put Call of Duty on anything but PC and Stadia, you're going to have a problem. Exactly. And that might be finally. You're not going to make $100 million this year, boys. Exactly. And that might be finally what Mm -hmm. gets Kotick out of there. Um, Do you think it will, Matt? I mean, if those... those Do you think these are real threats? If they stick to the guns, yeah, I think it will. Do you think they're real threats, though? I don't know. Because that's a lot of money that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo would leave on the table, too. Yeah, but they also have other revenue streams. Activision does not. It's true. Like, Activision is does not have the leverage in this situation. No. Like, like if Sony wants to go ahead and take that stand, they have way other, way many more other income streams other than pl- their own plus third-party stuff. So does Nintendo. Like, they can do that. If Activision Blizzard had actually diversified its portfolio a little bit, it yeah. wouldn't be in this position. Over-specialize and you breed in weakness. Yep. But it's just like, it's all Call of Duty. That's where all the money's coming yeah. from. And, and you can't lean on Blizzard because they don't put anything out. Right. So Yeah. And they just... All this, the stuff we're seeing right now, Diablo 4 delayed to next year. Yep, everything got pushed in Overwatch 2 delayed to, next, to 2023. Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. They have no leverage. Mm-hmm. Basically what Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo mandate, they're going to have to do it. Yep. And if that means getting rid of Kotick, then so be it. And I'll be honest, like, I've never... The most, li- the most likely reason that that would actually go through is because with him and maybe some bored people out of the way... There are other people in position to make a lot of money, yep. and they also they still want to make a lot of money. And when it comes down to it, they'll close ranks if it means protecting all of them at once. But if they can throw one of their number to the wolves to continue to protect themselves, they will. Now this is, is anecdotal. This is anecdotal, but I've been in the industry a long time. I know a lot of people in the industry. Other than Michael Pactor, I have never heard a single person say a positive thing about Bobby Kotick. Neither have I. Again, anecdotal. I don't know everybody. I don't talk to everybody. I don't talk to the board, so. Yeah, I definitely don't talk to their board. But other than Pactor, I have never heard anyone say anything positive about him, ever. What did Pactor say positive about him? He just thinks he's a good businessman, basically. I mean, that seems to be true. And that's that's accurate, unfortunately. (laughs) That's one thing that he's good at. And I would say, those of you who are like, hmm, can I come up with a question for Pactor Factor... 
maybe you might want to ask him if he's reevaluated his impressions of Bobby Kotick now that all this stuff has come out. Just saying, because I can't ask him the question. Somebody else has to. It can be very frustrating at times, Matt, when people do not submit very obvious questions for Pactor Factor. Mm. I'm just like, dude, why did nobody ask him this? And he and I instead wind up talking about it for like 20 minutes after we're done recording the shows. I'll be like, so what do you think about this, Pac? Mm. <laughs> nobody asked it, but I want to ask it. Anyway, you might want to slide that in there and uh, get that question answered from Mr. Pactor. But nobody I know other than him has ever had anything positive to say. And then the Wall Street Journal's reporting just keeps on going. And it, then it pulls in like Sledgehammer, which mm-hmm. is the developer of Call of Duty. Sledgehammer sounds like a slime pit. Well, the first thing I want to say is this guy, Dan Bunting, left Treyarch. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me because I loved him. He, for... The first couple Call of Duties that Treyarch built, he was like the head of multiplayer. Um, and then eventually he moved over and worked on the entire game. And he was, is I guess is, I don't even know how to phrase stuff anymore with people and these things, a really awesome guy. Like, I would go to the Call of Duty review events and we'd hang out, like, the whole time. Like, I'd play the game. When i go to the bar to get a drink, he'd come over and be like, what are you thinking? Like, how's it hitting you? Blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't like the douchebag developer who's like trying to figure out what score you're going to give it or whatever. He's literally like, he would sit there and like take notes and be like, okay, maybe this is stuff that we need to start working on for the first patch or whatever. Like, he wasn't a jerk about it. He wouldn't argue with me about it. And it turns out, like way back in 2017, he did a bunch of stupid crap with a female employee and should have been fired. And Bobby Kotick stepped in and said, no, 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 you're not firing him, and left him on. Mm -hmm. And then when this stuff broke, he literally resigned the next day. And I was shocked. This guy, like, he talked to me about his wife all the time. And his kids, like, you just never know, dude. You really just don't what people do when they're not around you. It's scary. I really liked this guy Mm -hmm. and trusted him. It's crazy, man. That one hurt me. Of all this stuff that's been going on with these people, like a lot of them I don't know, or some of them I do know, and they were actually Mm -hmm. jerks to me, or I know them, but I don't really have an opinion on them. Like, this was the one where, like, I thought I knew somebody and just did it. There's a PR person at Ubisoft also, who I'm not going to name, kind of in the same boat. Yep. Like, I felt like I really knew him, and then the stuff came out, and I was just shocked to my core. Yep. This is the other one. Um, so (laughs) all men can handle adversity. If you want to test a man's character, give him power. I guess you're right. Um, and then moving on to sledgehammer. knowing that Bobby Kotick won't fire you is power. (laughs) It is power. You're right. He saved his ass. He kept his job for four more years. Yep. Made a lot of money. Because Kotick knew he was making the money. Yeah. Doesn't care what he's doing to the women. Yep. That was Treyarch. Moving on to sledgehammer. And can you start, are you starting to understand here how Mm -hmm. big of a deal this is? Yep. I've, I've it's just endemic went, through the whole thing. I mean, we everybody knew that, but this is like the first like solid reporting on on how widespread it was. And I've just been going on and on. I mean, I'll just show you. Look at my notes. Mm-hmm. From here down, that's all the bad stuff that Activision did, <laughs> and it's not written in sentence. It's like fragments, like ba ba ba, comma ba ba ba, comma. From here down, that's all Activision. What what it did? Yeah. 
And it was just like the, you know, the pervasive kind of frat bro culture that like went through all these like kind of satellite companies. Which they're all like nerds. I, it's so yeah. weird. Well, I said, I even said to you like this week, I'm like, it was while I was reading all that stuff, it was the first time I realized that Neversoft's name is a dick joke. Yeah, I never knew that either. Because they're always hard. <laughs> and I'm just like, you children, like just that because that was the other because that was attached to the story about like some guy. I don't know where he was, which company he was at, but like. I guess he signed all his business emails one eight hundred all cock, and he didn't get fired for that for like five years or something. Dude, it's crazy. Like, are you like what? What is wrong with you? I mean, you what's wrong with the company though? Yeah, but everything in that it's like like Viacom thirteen years ago, you get canned for that crap. Yeah, like yeah, it, this is just poor corporate culture, and it starts at the top and mm-hmm. trickles down. It's it's Bobby Kotick. Mm-hmm. It's all him. When you step in. And you let someone keep their job who has been proven to have sexually harassed somebody. What does that tell your company? Mm-hmm. Everybody knew about that. You can't keep that under under the lid. So anyway, Sledgehammer, supervisor there, accused of raping a junior employee twice mm-hmm. after drinking at company parties. Rape. They Out of court settlement there. Mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard just pays her... I can't even imagine. How much money does it take to make someone sign a document that says they will forget about being raped twice? I don't know. But considering how the legal system works on that, it's probably a better deal than expecting any kind of justice for it. It's insane. At least she got something. I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss. I'm not trying to, to downplay what happened to her. But like from her point of view, from some of the victims I known, like some of them been like, I don't expect him to get convicted in court or go so to I'll jail. I'll take what I can get. But I'll, you know, get some money out of it. I guess it's better. Uh, than I don't nothing. look. I'm not. Don't say I'm begrudging them for getting money. Yeah. Or I'm they just don't. Wondering like, yeah. what is that number? Like, yeah. <laughs> Probably not what it should be. Right. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Second sledgehammer employee. And it's nothing to activate. Oh, yeah. It's nothing to It's a to drop do. in the bucket. It's an hour's worth of DLC sales yeah. for Vanguard. Yeah. Um, second sledgehammer incident of sexual harassment of an employee. That guy was mm-hmm. just transferred to another position. He's kept his job. Yeah, there's been a lot of transferring these guys to, like, yeah. places where they, quote, unquote, won't interact with the employees or whatever. And it's like, Why that's not... Why are they trying to keep them so bad? Because they think they're key to their money making. Well, this other guy, the second incident, who was transferred... Or because some of the people making... He ended dis- up getting fired because he, after this happened, and they kept him on, he argued with his new supervisor about his green card. <sighs> it's like, dude, keep your head down and shut the mm-hmm. F up. Well, I, well, a lot of these guys do not have any kind of filter on their entitlement to other people's who bodies. Who are these to people? A- they're, you Do know, they have no conscience? Often they don't. Are they inhuman? That's a matter of opinion, but some of them are sociopaths, I'm sure. Wow. Um, you know, and a lot of people making the decisions on whether these people get fired or not are, you know, either they, a lot of them don't understand why anyone cares, why this is a, such a big deal. Like, people in those level, high levels of power a lot of times don't understand why anyone is bothered cares. by what's happening. Why do happening. you care? That's just how it is. That's just what happens. Yeah. That's just what boys do. Yeah, it's why just do you what, care? You know, it's it's a I don't care why would you care? Yeah. It's a yeah. it's a it's a fundamental ethical difference between, you know, us and and people in those positions. And to some degree, you know, there's that, you know, the anecdote about like, you know, how many CEOs or psychopaths or whatever, you know, like there's a point at which you have to step on people and kind of not be okay with hurting other people to get that high in some of these it's true. business situations. Yep. And that can turn you into one of these That's monsters true. pretty quickly. It's true. 
I've seen people do it at places that American work. Psycho isn't based on nothing. Yeah. It's an exaggeration and a heightened presentation yeah, it's like, of something. Professionally, but, for me, there's a line that yeah. I don't go over. And if I have to go over that line to progress, I don't want to progress. It's mm-hmm. not worth it to me. I, it's, sacrificing my morality, my morals, my moral fiber, the, the person that I am for money, that will never happen. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who get to that point where they have to make the decision and they're like, F it. Yeah. There's a lot of people who want the new Lear more. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Um, for the purposes of being buttoned up editorially, we are going to offer Activision Blizzard's official statement because that's only fair. Uh, and here it is. Quote, We are disappointed in the Wall Street Journal's report, which presents an inaccurate and misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO. Instances of sexual misconduct that were brought to his attention, to his attention, Hmm. were acted upon. This whole statement is defending Bobby Kotick. Hmm. (laughs) Do you think he wrote that? Maybe. I mean, there was the, the word he that he wrote the one thing. He wrote the one email, the res, uh, Jen's resignation email. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's him again. Could have been. Because notice it's about him. Misleading view of Activision Blizzard and our CEO. We love him. We're brought to his <laughs> attention. We're acted upon. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen, Matt? Their, their stock is in the tank and well, he, blah, blah, blah. He has made his decision, and I suppose we wait and see if he can enforce it. You, like, okay, so here's the question. Is he going to fix it? Well, how would he fix it? He's well, part of the problem. Well, they, they so they just, to be fair, they just said, said, they're saying that they instituted a zero tolerance policy. <laughs> how do you not have a zero tolerance policy for sexual harassment? Well, also, how do you have a zero tolerance policy and still keep all those people? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they're saying that they now have a zero tolerance policy. And he is going to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty and figure this out. Do you think that's going to happen? No. I don't either. And so when it doesn't happen, do you think he's going to step down? Uh, Not for that reason. Do you think he's going to step down, period? I think he's going to step down because Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft are going to be like, get rid of your dead wood or we are going to keep you off our platforms. I think, while I don't know if that's going to happen... I do believe that that is the only thing that will work. That is the only thing with real leverage. Yep. Because all that's going to talk in this situation is money or jail time, but that's not going to be a factor. What do you do if you're the, an employee at Activision Blizzard? I don't know. Um, I can't speak for anyone who is in that situation, I don't I think. I can't either. I've never been in it. And some people need their jobs. Yeah. It's like I wouldn't begrudge anyone if they stayed there. They have kids. They have mm-hmm. a mortgage. Like, you can't just quit your job anytime you have a moral yeah. obligation And these people are not the people who made the policy. Right. You know? Like, yeah. yeah it, it's not I have like, friends who work there. Blame I don't a level any of them for staying Yeah, there. I'm not going to blame some level designer for, yeah. like, keeping his job because, yeah. you know, because they're run by, by, like, people who don't care about sexual harassment. That's not their fault. Um, you know, I would certainly, if I were in their position, I would think I would join any kind of uh, activity or, or movement to like um, any kind of activity or movement to like uh, put pressure or like, you know, make, make the employees opinions and voices heard. Uh, but, you know, and if it comes down to like, you know, mass exodus, I guess that's, that's an option. But like, um, you know, we're already at the point where the stocks, the stocks are in, in bad enough shape that the board's gotta be side eye and some shit. Already. Oh yeah. You know, like it's, they better be. 
Um, or they need to find a new board. Like I said, you know, the the closing ranks applies as long as your own money isn't threatened. Yep. Funny how that works. Nobody likes Bobby Kotick more than their own bank account in that group, I promise you. Vincent says it's more likely he steps down because Vanguard is down than because of this crap. That's that's also that could be the factor. double whammy. Like the fact that not only is all this happening, but the business side of things is not doing well on its own, independent of that. That is a kind I mean, of a, that gives the board cover to remove him. Yeah. Even though everybody would know it's total BS and that's not really why he's removed. Yeah. In their press release, they could say our biggest product lost 40 percent of its mm-hmm. revenue in one year. That's grounds for removal of a CEO. Yep. And, and, and they can turn to him and be like, it's just business, Bobby. Yep. And, and at the end it's of the day. very Godfather. And it, exactly. And at the end of the day, do I care what they write for the reason they're getting rid of him? Not really. I really just care that he's gone. Yeah. And that they can put someone else in there who I trust to actually make a difference. Yeah, whoever that may be. I don't trust I don't. Bobby Kotick to do that. He no. had his chance and he didn't do it. So no. this is insane. I can't believe I'm seeing this crap in the games industry. It's like when you work in games, it's like. There's this acceptance that, like, I'm a nerd. Mm-hmm. I'm a dork. I like tech. I stay at home a lot more than most people. I would rather sit in and play a video game than go do a lot of other stuff that other people would rather do. There's this, it's almost like a nod when you see somebody. You're like, you're you're one of us. Like, And this was not a part of that equation for me, like when I said us. Like, I didn't think that this kind of, this is the kind of stuff that I thought, like, all the frat boys that I knew in college who went, who had their, got to MBAs. Like, this is the stuff that I thought they were, would I do. mean, some of these people are those people. Maybe. But a lot the executive of wing, executive wing of most, a lot of these companies are not nerds who came up from the programming trenches. They are business people. Yeah. Some um, of them, I mean, also, Connick, definitely. Also, but. I promise you. Tons of nerds are horrible rapists and harassers and monsters and bullies. They are. Yeah. All, it happens in everything. Look at, look at the stuff going on in the Smash community. Look at the stuff it's that true. went down in the eSports stuff. Look at, it happen, look, at, look at any local game store, for that matter. Yeah. Happens all the time. Where It happens wherever men are. That's true. Yeah. End of line. I guess I just try to give uh, our people the benefit of the doubt. And yeah. maybe, maybe... And as I've said before, predators know who they can and cannot do this shit around. And the fact that they don't do that shit around you means that they recognize that you're going to probably call them out on that. Yeah. And they're very careful about that. I have that too. Like people, people, I'm, people have been revealed as monsters to me. That I'm just like, I didn't know that because they knew not to do it in front of me. I think that the they maybe, knew I wasn't going to join in. I would not have been invited to the Cosby suite. Right. I, I wouldn't either. You. Yeah. I think maybe it's, you know, part of me as being shattered. <laughs> like, because I've built up, this belief that, you know, I'm working with good people and we're all pushing towards this same positive goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that way. <laughs> and sometimes that's hard to deal with. Um, and I'm having problems dealing with some of this stuff. I'll just be honest with you. Especially the guy from Treyarch and the PR person I spoke about earlier. Like, those were just, like, where my brain just broke. I was like, no. Like, this can't be. Like, I know them too well. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. I didn't know them well enough. That's what it comes down to. So, anyway, what do you think the end of this saga is? I don't know. I think Bobby Kotick's going to be out. I think Kotick's probably probably out in some way or another. Somehow, maybe, some maybe a way. few other of his of his buddies in there. You know, got moved around instead of removed. Uh, they bring in somebody they think is going to be 
Maybe they bring Jen back. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Maybe they clean house and they bring Jen back and let her do it. Because that yeah. seems like a good idea to me. Could be. If she's willing to. Yeah. I mean, I, hope I, she I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want that job. But, you know, maybe. It's, sometimes jobs like that are desirable, though, because you know you can make a difference yeah, easily. There's a very clear thing that you can do that if you manipulate it the right way, you can make things better mm-hmm. for everybody working there, and you end up looking really good. Yeah, and you can make things better overall in other other you can other influence. ways. Like Activision's yeah. corporate culture, even independent of this, has been horrible for as long as I've right. we've been in this. And, you know, everyone yeah. I've ever known who worked at Activision hated it. Yeah, you know, they were there because if you worked at Activision, it was assumed by almost every other company in the in the v- development industry that you could do a job two titles above your stated title at That's Activision. That's actually a very common thing that people say in the yeah. industry. Yep. Like if you're an associate producer at Activision, at Activision. Yeah, if you're an associate producer yeah. at Activision, you could probably be a project manager anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Like that common. was like conventional. They underpay wisdom. people. Yeah. <laughs> they underpay people and they give you more responsibility than your title indicates. Yeah. Which helps you get jobs elsewhere. Yep. So, yeah. Um, I do think Kodak will be out. Um, I don't think it'll take very long. Um, I think they have a million reasons to say why he left. And he'll walk away. Mm-hmm. He'll get his golden parachute. People will freak out about it because he'll get paid out probably like sure. $100, $200 million. At least. They'll have him a, least. give him a crap ton of stock. People will be angry and about that. even if that. they gave him nothing, he still has more money than anyone could ever Could ever use. spend. Yep. So. And people will be really angry about it. And then they'll forget about it. And, and hopefully they can re- re- I do think the Blizzard name is still going away. I'm still 50-50 on that. It's just such a powerful brand still. It's just... I don't think it is. I, th- I think it is to like people like us who have been involved in the industry and know games for a long time, but I don't think Blizzard is as prevalent among non-game well, I would people say Activision of the two is the um, bigger brand. Oh, for sure. But also because like Blizzard just... like, And now I think the general public knows Blizzard more from this story than from any of their games. Yeah. So to get rid of that brand and just go Activision from now on, I think is the safest bet. Okay. Activision can be rehabilitated. Activision's brand goes back to the 80s. It's something that, that people didn't hear of the, for the first time in the non-geek world from this story. Yeah. But, like, Blizzard is done. Yep. Um, okay, we got to move on because, as I said, we have a heart out here at 4 p.m. today. We're going to move on to our last topic of episode mm-hmm. 280, and that is our annual Turkey Awards. I will say this. I feel conflicted doing this every year because – I want to send you guys out on a good note for Thanksgiving. Um, Like, for example, right now, if someone's listening to this show and you're on a plane or you're in a car or you're on a train and you're going to visit your family, I hope you have the most amazing Thanksgiving ever. I hope everyone's there. I hope everyone can get together this Thanksgiving. I hope the food is amazing. I hope the football games are good. I hope the drinks are good. Um, I just really, truly wish everybody... Um, who's going to be celebrating Thanksgiving in uh, America, um, a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have a great time and it's safe um, and you get to reconnect with people. Maybe you haven't seen in a long time because of this pandemic we've been fighting through. Um, So I fully believe that. So I always wanted this show to end on a positive note. But our Turkey Awards are actually us kind of picking on things that we didn't like throughout the year. And Mm -hmm. we do it lighthearted and we have some fun with it. We're not like deathly serious about it. But it is kind of our chance to complain a little bit about things that we saw in the industry for the year that we're not especially happy about and we would like to see changed. Oh, we got some Steelers salt in the, in what? the chat. What? Uh, oh, time, Danny. Hope the football games are good, so don't watch the Steelers. Oh, man. <laughs> it's funny that people think that that would, like, bother me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
Dude, you think I'm like eight? Like, yeah, do I, okay. I talk trash go, about the Steelers? Go, all fi- you want. go find Sam and say Patriots stuff to him. Yeah, yeah. Work. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can say anything about the Steelers that I haven't said worse. Like, I was at that game on Sunday night. What do you think I was saying when I was walking out of that stadium? It wasn't the Steelers are the best. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's do the Turkey Awards. We're running out of time. Mm-hmm. We got to get straight to them. Uh, Matt and I have both picked three different. Um, things that we want to point out from 2021 that kind of pissed us off. Let me get my notes out here, Matt, to make sure I get these right. Uh, Matt goes first, and this transitions nicely from our last topic. Who gets your first turkey for 2021, Matt? Activision Blizzard. <laughs> for reasons we have already discussed. It'll give me another chance, though, to run Bobby Kotick's B-roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this has been uh, the most ongoing, like, terrible story of the year in terms of kind of the industry and, and business behavior. Um None of it's surprising to me. Uh, this is just sort of, uh, this exists in every industry. This exists in every powerful and, and money-making business, I'm sure. It's just a matter of time before you know it comes out where it comes out. Uh, I'm sure there are many, many other very, very large game development companies and publishers who are scrambling internally to solve the, this problem on their own before anyone, anyone gets out on their own. Not that Ubisoft uh, kept that under, lids, under the lid <laughs> too well. Yeah. Um, uh, this is, I think, you will find a pretty universal issue in the industry. Uh, Activision is just the one that got blown up first. Um, Who do you I, think's next, Matt? I, I would say it's probably going to be an American company. I will be stunned if this this shit isn't going on at EA. Me too. Yep. That was exactly who I was going to name. Um, I hope we're wrong. I have, I have no evidence for that. I, have no, I haven't heard any stories. No. I don't know any yeah. anything inside. It's but just, it just seems like something that big. Like when you mentioned uh, yeah. earlier about the executives at these companies yeah. aren't nerds. They didn't mm-hmm. come from – that's EA. Yeah. Like they get their guys straight out of MBA school yeah. and start bringing them up through their ranks. They're mm-hmm. not like former nerds. Like they've already flushed all those people – out of their organization. Mm-hmm. Those people are all gone now. The guys who built like Westwood and worked on Command and Conquer or worked on the original Madden yeah. or any of that, those people are all so gone. I, I, my, eyes, my eyes are on EA and 2K. Okay. I think that's probably a safe bet. Uh, my first Turkey Award. Now, keep in mind, I did hurt myself a little bit doing this because I just asked Matt for his three, and he picked the most obvious ones. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of... Dig a little deeper for my picks. I was expecting you to at least pick one of them and be like, no, that one's mine. No, I let you have them all. Um, and I came, I did come up with three that I'm very, I'm, I have a lot of conviction about, and I'm totally okay with my three picks. My first pick for Turkey of 2021, console scalpers. Mm-hmm. I detest console, console scalpers. Um, I think it's disgusting what they do. I think it sucks that a lot of people I know have still been unable to get a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series console. They're still hard to find. Yeah. Like, I have people... Like, they last 20 minutes instead of, like, five seconds. I have people on Facebook who are still reaching out to me who don't work in the industry who are like, hey, I know this guy Shane who works in video games. Let me ask him if if I'm going crazy here. Because Mm -hmm. people are like, they don't... A lot of people don't get this. They're just like, they're just people. And they're like, why can't I buy something? Yeah, why can't I buy this thing that's been out for a year? Yeah, it's bizarre. And the reason they can't is because of bots and scalpers. It's completely screwing people. Here comes another Christmas where there are kids who literally 
will lose their minds if they get a PS5 or an Xbox Series console. Literally dance around the room, screaming at the top of their lungs. Literally a moment they'll never forget in their lives. And that's not going to happen because there's a bunch of like 25-year-old scumbags with a bunch of bots taking all the consoles and selling them on eBay. Like, last year I couldn't give it to the scalpers because the consoles had just come out and we didn't realize the full sort of scope of what was going to happen. Now I can. Like, it's bad. We're It's a year later, Matt. Mm-hmm. And there's still a cottage industry of scalpers for PS5 and Xbox series. It's crazy. I mean, I can't remember anything like it. Even the Wii, by now, had oh, kind yeah. of by now you leveled off. Pretty easy. Yes. Yeah. Part of it is because of the chip shortage and the shipping problems. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff combining to be But a look, problem. they still sold more PS5s than any other PlayStation console mm-hmm. before. So Demand remains super high. The production's not that bad. There's, they're getting them out. The problem is there's just like this group of people who are collecting them all and then forcing people to go on mm-hmm. eBay or Craigslist and pay a markup for them. It's, there's a lot of parents out there right now that are struggling, that are, you know, don't have scrape two nickels together. It's a very common thing. I mean, I run into that problem with Transformers and Marvel figures. Like people will buy instantly the new the new shipments of anything because they know that if there's a limited quantity, people will pay extra for it. It's like these adults. I have a friend who collects the Marvel Legends figures, and he has not paid a retail price for a Marvel Legends figure in three years because you cannot find them at retail. It's like these adults who run into, like, Walmart and Target to buy all the Pokemon cards. And you see these videos of, like, a little five-year-old standing next to the cards, like, picking through them. And a bunch of adults run in and, like, knock him to the ground. It's like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's nuts, dude. Money. Made his money. Yeah, because I can resell the car. It's it's always it's always money. If you ever can't figure out what the hell's going on, follow the money. always follow the freaking money. And that's exactly what's going on here. Console scalpers, there you go. What's your second pick, Matt? Second pick is Nintendo Online pricing <laughs> for the N64 and all. You know, the, the 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 going from twenty to fifty if you want to play Hybrid Heaven. <laughs> that's what. I, that's what. That's my. Actually, you can't play Hybrid, can't heaven. Play hybrid heaven. It yet. might be worth it if you could play Hybrid Heaven Maybe one of these days. <laughs> um, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's uh, the fact that there's no option, you know, and I'm sure you know part of the price hike is because you also get the Animal Crossing DLC. Mm. Uh, I don't want the Animal Crossing DLC. I just want I just want to play Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, let me add ten bucks on my yearly subscription and get the N64 stuff. Like, yeah. Screw you. Yeah. Like, like, like if you need any, I mean, I can't believe I still in the year of our Lord 2021 have to sometimes argue with someone as over whether Nintendo is anti-consumer. Oh right. Because. What else do you need? Yeah. Well, they're fanboys, and they'll never see any faults in Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Like, a lot of stuff them. Nintendo does is worth putting up for to play their games because their games are high quality. Mm-hmm. But, like, this was a Some bridge. Some of it's not. This is a bridge too far. Yeah. Like, I, even I won't do that, and I could afford it. But, like, it's one of the few times I've just been like, you know what? I'm not going to play your damn game anymore. I'm not going to I'm not gonna act like this is I okay. I and I regret it. I used it for one day so I could talk about it here on Game Face. Yeah. And I will just plug my old N64 in. To its HDMI converter and play my cartridges. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need this. Being able to play Mario Kart 64 online, it sounded like a good idea at first, if and it then worked. then you realize you can only play with friends, mm-hmm. and you can't just play with randoms. And I was like, well, there's no rollback. There's I don't no, know. Just... I can't remember a time I've ever played a game online on my Switch with friends. 
because the friend code system's so yeah. goofy. I have uh, like 25 friends on Nintendo Animal Online. Crossing. I've, I've visited people in Animal Crossing. Yeah, That's because it. you don't need to it's be there at the same yeah, time. Yeah, there's no, there's no, the synchronicity isn't all that important Yeah, that. it's not important. Yeah. But any game where you're actually both playing at the same time, I don't think I've ever played it with a friend. Yes, Vincent, most companies are anti-consumer. Very good. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it's true. Nintendo is just and no so, different. And Nintendo is one of them. Yep. They're not the exception. <laughs> anyway. Capitalism um, lessons here on Game Face. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about the Nintendo Switch Online? No. And pricing? No. You good? Like, I'm good. <laughs> okay. At, le- at least it costs less than an N64 cartridge did back in the day. <laughs> that, that's a good point, actually. I didn't, I didn't think about that. You're right. Like, some of those carts were 80 bucks. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. It was, not, it was no joke. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay. My second pick, and this one may catch some people off guard. My second turkey for 2021 is eSports match fixers. These people who are <laughs> betting on their own matches in eSports and then intentionally losing their matches to collect the money. And maybe mm. the bigger turkey should be the teams who refuse to pay these athletes and i use that very loosely enough money so that throwing their games wouldn't seem smarter and more lucrative Mm -hmm. it's it's been crazy dude so just yesterday omega esports from the philippines was banned for dota for match fixing Um, australian match fixing and organized crime was found in overwatch six people were arrested for counter-strike match fixing in australia not long ago a starcraft pro in korea was arrested for match fixing the fbi just this month, just got involved in Counter-Strike match fixings in the U.S. because now gambling is legal here. Mm-hmm. A Chinese Counter-Strike team threw a match to collect a bet. There's like some commission called the Esports Integrity Commission that's supposed to be on the case and supposed to be looking into this stuff, and it's to this point it's done nothing. Basically, the journalists are the ones who are exposing all this stuff, and they're doing nothing. So the, the official council that's set up that's supposed to stop this stuff isn't doing anything either. The problem, Matt, is that our hobby is always viewed as juvenile. And we always are fighting for, like, relevance among the mainstream. We're always, it always feels like we're trying to prove that it's not this thing that just kids do. And <laughs> we can be corrupt, too. No, but <laughs> this sets it back. Mm-hmm. It's like gambling, like, just became legal in the United States. Look, price – or. Match fixing happens in tennis and mm. dog racing and all this other crap. But it doesn't happen this often. Dog racing. Yeah. I, you like I, that I reference? I didn't expect you to pull that one out, <laughs> but there we are. It's actually one of the most likely events to be fixed is hmm. dog racing. But anyway, <laughs> so you have these other parts of our society where gambling is this accepted thing and people assume that it's safe and people participate in it. And then we esports finally becomes something that people can gamble on. And it just immediately is exposed as a fraud because the people who are in the sport are generally poor, are generally like 19, 17 to 19 years old. And you flash a hundred grand in front of one of those people. They're like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. I make a hundred grand to throw a match when instead it's of like video games, who cares? Yeah, because here's the thing, like most it's a very short lived career. Yeah. It's like you are going to be employed from 17 until literally like 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. When you get to that age, your reflexes aren't good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. So either you become a coach or you're done. And so these people are like, especially like these developmental leagues, 
if you're not even playing for the big team and your matches are still being bet on, it's so easy to just throw a match. And, like, they've uncovered, like, Don't teams. Don't think of it as throwing a match. Thinking of it as a surprise outcome. Right. <laughs> well, a predetermined outcome is what yeah. it is. It's not a surprise. It's a surprise to you. Yeah, to me. <laughs> to the better it is. It just makes our industry look juvenile and, like, part-time. I don't it, know. Just, it makes it look like the NFL to me. I mean, there's the, the, there really isn't, like, cheating in the NFL for betting. Mm. I mean, there's conspiracy theories, and I mm-hmm. try to stay away from all any and all conspiracy theories. But when they've investigated, they never find anything. Mm. They don't even have to investigate this crap. It's well, just no. happening out of place. There is sight. definitely a competence gap between yeah. <laughs> esports and the professional <laughs> leagues who might be doing things like this. I but. just think it makes us look amateurish and childish and immature. I mean, there's a lot of other things that make it look like that on top of this. Yeah, but this is the stuff that gets reported. Like, help. like this, one of the stories I got a lot of information from was from, in the Washington Post. I mean, you got to make the cheating less lucrative is the is the problem. Or you've got to make it so that they make enough that the, the cheating isn't yeah. lucrative enough to make them cheat. That's a, that's a tall, tall order. You know, the other the other thing I keep wondering if it's ever going to happen is if there will be multiple leagues based on age brackets. If eventually there will be like a seniors league for like 22-year-olds. Well, I honestly wonder a lot, like, do people really care, like, how old or how good esports competitors are? Like... Like, the gamers do. If you play League, you want to watch the very best League players play. Sure. And League is big enough that that's all you need to be successful is just the League fans. Mm-hmm. But I think you're finding out with, like, Overwatch and NBA 2K, like, let's take NBA 2K in particular. Do you think the average person would rather watch Shaq and Marshawn Lynch play each other in NBA 2K or Dopey Dunk 69 versus Hip Hop Super Dunk, like, 420 play. I don't want to see Shaq play hip-hop Super Dunk 420. <laughs> okay. But but you get my point. Two on two, as a matter of fact. Like there, a, yeah, but there's certain, like, esports that pe- the average person would rather just watch someone who maybe isn't as good. The average person doesn't want to watch anyone play video games at all. I don't know about that. I think so. I think if you, I think for the most part, yes. But I think if you do have people that they recognize doing it, they're more likely to watch. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like, but you got to do with the celebrity thing. And so, again, going back to it, is it does it matter if you really want esports to hit this critical mass? Does it matter that, like, hardcore League of Legends fans are happy watching it? Or does it matter that this bigger audience is happy watching it? So, and you can be smart with stuff like NBA 2K. I don't think you're going to please both those audiences. It could be tough. But it's also about being smart with the scheduling. It's like... Your NBA 2K League should probably be happening while the real NBA is not happening for people who are basketball fans looking to fill the void. And maybe the more successful league of that is the All-Stars from the NBA. They're off. They're in the offseason. They can do an eSports league if they want to. Like, I just – maturing eSports, they're going to have to find other ways to do it other than just mm-hmm. grab a bunch of 15-year-old kids and shoving them in a mansion and, and – you buying know, a bunch of snack packs. The, the, finding the key to esports working is uh, a long and twisted path, and uh, the that question, has led to nowhere yeah, so far. Like yeah. there's a point at which maybe it's time to give up. But yep, yep. All everyone in this chat's like, "I'm 37. I can't play esports." No, you can't. <laughs> you can't play unless you're Daigo. Yeah, Daigo's fighting games are a little different because there's so many mind games in them. Yeah. But even he isn't as dominant as he used to be. He's not as dominant as he used to be, but But he's he's still still pretty damn good. He's still really good. But he is literally like an anomaly. Yeah. (laughs) 
he's he's kind of a freak of nature. I mean, there's a Michael Jordan element. To there him. is, yeah, and he's like, like the a once only in one. a generation yeah, kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so anyway, I still wouldn't want to play Justin Wong in anything, but like, no, he yeah. whooped me so bad. Yeah. But yeah, Daigo, the better of the two. Uh, so anyway, that's my second Turkey Award for 2021, the esports match fixers. If they ever wanted to take it seriously, they've got to take it seriously. Mm. They need to get some kind of a body in there. They need at least one person that represents that stuff at every event to try to snuff out what's happening. Right now, there's like nothing. It's just the Wild West. You have these events going on in Asia, in Europe, all these places, Australia. Australia's been like the hotbed of the match fixing, oddly (laughs) enough. You got to get people out there. You got to police it. It just feels like everything they put the cart before the horse with this because they're just like esports. I mean, esports in a nutshell. It is really. because esports isn't making money, so no. they're like, well, if gambling is involved, then there's another way to monetize it, and it'll make mm-hmm. like like you go to Vegas. They don't want to alienate it because it like, might be their path. If you go to Vegas, you would think that esports is way bigger than it is because mm-hmm. there are esports arenas all over the place like if you're driving down a strip in your cab it's just like esports palace like esports mall they're just everywhere hmm. and you're just like wow it's like the biggest thing ever except it's not like mm-hmm. you go in there and there's like eight people in there so it's a six foot cricket this is yeah, like, it's like yeah, hi you're exactly. the only one today yeah. <laughs> they put the cart before the horse with esports they need to reverse it and match fixing is really the biggest thorn in its side right now okay What's your final turkey for 2021? Final turkey, in keeping with my tradition of picking a recent game that came out the week before or something, because I always do that, (laughs) Uh, GTA Definitive Edition. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you on this one. Um, This is (laughs) the most, this is the most egregiously missed uh, easy layup of the year. Yeah. Like, all you had to do (laughs) was do it right. Yeah. And doing it right was the most minimal effort thing you could imagine. Yeah. And they still fucked Screwed it, it up. up. And yep. then they patched it this week, and it's still bad. Yeah. They're it's like, still oh, we bad? Fixed the, Did we, they fix some stuff, We though? fixed the rain. Now the rain in <laughs> San Andreas falls behind everything instead of in front of the camera so you can't see anything. So you can still play while you're doing it. But if you take a, a jet up... You can still outrun the raindrops. It's still like a weird texture that you slapped over. The th- it's awful. It's just awful. Um, so they have a long way to go before they, uh, they you can even call this thing remotely acceptable if it ever gets there. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's just a waste, and it's a shame, and it didn't need to happen that way. And we know if there's any company in the industry that has the money and the time and the power and the resources to do this right, it is Take-Two and Rockstar, and they didn't. Yep. Agreed. Simple as that. Yeah. They did apologize this week, but was well, nice. So that what? They, it's nice they could look up long <laughs> enough from counting their GTA online money to, to apologize. But uh, We're counting the trilogy money. Yeah. I mean, they too. sold a lot of them. They did. It's, it's like, it's hollow. Your apology is hollow. It's like. You knew you, what this was. Yeah, they knew it. Of course and they it, knew. If, they, if the apology was going to be sincere, they come out and be like, anybody who wants a refund can have it. Yeah, and instead of fixing the HDR, they just disabled it. Right. <laughs> so, so you can see everything now. It, 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 you know, it's visible, but you still... Uh. Yep. Well, my final turkey, Matt, falls right in line with yours, and I feel like I am finally getting my pound of flesh out of this. My final turkey for 2021 is CD Project Red for Cyberpunk 2077. Not able to take this company to task in the Turkey Awards until now. And here we are, Matt, a year later, and this game is still 
a disaster. Mm-hmm. It is still a complete mess. They, they, so they cancel the multiplayer component, mm-hmm. which was supposed to launch this year. Then they're like, we're going to cancel the multiplayer to concentrate on the PS5 and Xbox Series versions to get those out in like the middle of the year. Those were delayed to the end of the year. Those were now just delayed into 2022, Matt. Yep. Yep. 2022. And we're probably going to get the Witcher 3 one first. No, it's actually... So that's... right As of right now, Cyberpunk 2077's next-gen update is Q1 of 2022. <coughs> the Witcher 3 is Q2 of 2022. Well, but when Cyberpunk slips to Q3... Right, right. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're pushed back again. This is awful. Mm-hmm. This game is a year... It's still a disaster. Matt, they released this game in this state... Mm-hmm. That a year later, they still haven't fixed it. Yeah, implying that even a year delay wouldn't have solved the issue. It, it's insane. And they put it out knowing full well that this game was a complete mess. A year later. I. Yeah. This is the biggest turkey ever. The biggest turkey ever. They just released an update in late October. <laughs> there was well, a good metaphor for the whole thing. Just. Gonna open the door. Nope, fell off. Yeah. <laughs> they just le- released an update in October that a year later that is still fixing like open world glitches, visual like visuals like the game's wet system, mm-hmm. meaning like the ground's supposed to look wet and it doesn't, and they haven't fixed that yet a year later, and broken quests where you go to like finish your quest and the person's not there. A year later, Matt. <laughs> Dude. Awful. Awful, flipping, awful. Yep. To be fair, I have run into that a couple times on some Skyrim quests on the 10th anniversary one. So even 10 years later, you don't know. It's nuts. But but the fact that I'm playing Skyrim again and not Cyberpunk a year later is telling. (laughs) It's absurd. It's a shame. I mean, I'd love to get back into that game, but I'm waiting until they get their patches in order and get that next-gen thing up. Yep. And the, the, the sad thing is, like, you know, I don't really think about it much anymore. What? Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, I mean, yeah. I finished the game, so I've moved on. But there's a lot of people who haven't. In fact, someone just, weren't we just, in last week's episode, someone was like, I haven't opened it up yet. I bought it, and I still haven't opened it. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for it to get fixed. No, that was on Ask Chain Anything. Yeah. They, someone bought the game. Still waiting. Based on our recommendation, and still hasn't opened it. AJ the Legend, I believe it was. Mm. Still hasn't opened it. Because he's waiting for it to get fixed. It's still not mm-hmm. fixed. It's a year later. It's crazy. Yep. And people are mentioning No Man's Sky is like a well. No Man's Sky fixed itself. No Very Man's, quickly. No Man's Sky is an extremely good game now by yep. any standards. Do you think No Man's Sky? No Man's this? Sky needs to chill. As a matter of fact, yeah, like they like, are, <laughs> they are going crazy every. Do you think they're going to fix months. this? Do you think they're going to give up eventually? I think they are going to get it to a point. And then they are going to slap ray tracing on it, and they are going to call the day. Yeah, that's like, what I think too. I don't know, because and that's the thing I expect. I expect more patches, more patches, things like okay, everything's out, and they're gonna put the next gen patch out. And it's gonna break everything again. It might be, and then it's be like, just don't download the next gen patch. Or like, just turn everything <laughs> off. Turn all the next gen stuff off. Don't use ray tracing or anything like that. It'll be fun. It's like okay, so it's the same thing as it was before. Yep, it's crazy. So anyway, I am looking forward to the Witcher three one because that was done out of house. Oh. It might actually turn out okay. Yeah, they, they brought in a, another company. Although they are that. working with their code, so it could yeah, be a, another disaster. But anyway, there you go. My final turkey for 2021, CD Projekt Red. Well-deserved. They earned it all damn year long. Mm-hmm. 
just month after month, week after week. And they struck pay dirt with my turkey award. All right. It's time for Name That Game, people. Some of y'all's favorite part of Game Face every week, although that's insane when you got Matt and I on a show talking about video games that you would like a little quiz show at the end, but I digress. For those of you who don't know, Name That Game is a little quiz show we do with everybody on chat, and you're trying to beat Matt. I give you a series of clues, and as soon as you know the name of the game that I'm hinting at, type it into the chat. Chat wins all ties. Whoever wins, if you beat Matt, you get a set of six sifted stickers that we will ship to you no matter where you live, anywhere in the world. And I really mean that. Anywhere. Even maybe Antarctica. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can send people stuff there. Yeah, it might It may not get there for yeah. like eight months. <laughs> but anyway. We'll get there. If you send us pictures of a, of a penguin with a sifted sticker on him, like we'll give you a little, <laughs> little shout out or something. Yep. But take the sticker off after. Yeah, yeah, don't, exactly. Don't, don't let the penguin wander around with that on it. That's not, that's not right. So anyway, this is just a fun little thing we do at the end of every episode. It's really just a way for us to give you guys stickers because we like you and we want to hook you guys up with stuff. Um, but again, you're trying to beat Matt. If Matt guesses the name of the game and I look over and it pops up in the chat in the next like beat or two, you guys are going to win. Um, also, the clues start out very vague and ambiguous. And then as we go, they get more obvious because we don't want no one to guess it. We want you guys to win the stickers. So let's see. Before we get going, let's play the jingle from Sneaky Shalit Snake. All right, and with that, it's time for Name That Game. Here comes clue number one. It takes two, but maybe more when one is a monkey. It takes two, but maybe more when one is a monkey. And I will get the chat up here. Cyberpunk 2077? No, <laughs> although that would be brilliant if I had done that. <laughs> you're you're way smarter than I am. I should have picked it. <laughs> Sly Cooper, no. Turok Rage Wars? Turok Rage Wars, no. <laughs> that's a pretty good guess, too, though. You remember the monkey mode in those Also, games? by the way, yeah. Also, by the that's why I said it was a good one. Also, by the way, like, if you've already won this, like, don't, don't try to win it again. Just sit back and let other people play. Um, and I don't want to hear none of this crap about if I win, I'll give it to somebody. Just let somebody else win. Um, Blue Dragon, no. Until Dawn, no. Monkey Ball, no. That's obviously a good guess. Beyond Good and Evil 2, no. Donkey Enslaved Kong Country, is a good no. Guess. Donkey Kong 64, no. No Donkey Kongs. Ape Escape 2, no. Enslaved, no. That's a good one, though. Mm-hmm. That's a really good guess. Minority Games, didn't you win? <laughs> Stop guessing, bro. Didn't he win just last week? He did. Um, Time Splitters, no. Mario and Rabbids, no. Okay. Looks like we want to get to, uh, Clue number two. You won't just be dealing with the motion of the ocean. You won't just be dealing with the motion of the ocean. First clue was, it takes two, but maybe more when one is a monkey. Second clue, you won't just be dealing with the motion of the ocean. Just Just dance. dance. No. Wind Waker, no. There it is, Zach, Zach and Wiki. Ashes in the Hourglass, you're a winner. It's Zach and Wiki. I could not remember the name of it. <laughs> Good one. I'm surprised he got that off of those two. Did you did you 
figure it out from those two clues? Yeah, I, I was, it, it was, but I could see the screen in my head, but uh, I couldn't remember the name of it. I'm surprised. I really didn't. I thought I could two see clues. the damn kid in the pirate hat. Yeah. But how did you even know it was the pirate hat? Because the next clue was going to give it away, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'll read the rest of the clues. Because I knew it was a Wii game off of the, off the, motion. the second motion, and then the monkey clicked in. Yeah. But then I couldn't remember the name of it. The third clue was. This I kept wanting to say Mischief Makers, and I knew that wasn't <laughs> it. Uh, the third clue was this swashbuckling puzzle adventure has you searching for dot, 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 a haircut. Mm-hmm. The, the subtitle was Barber O's Treasure. Yeah. Barber mm-hmm. Joke Haircut. Uh, mm-hmm. The fourth clue is if you need some information on this game, check its namesake. Wiki. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the final one, and this would have definitely given away, is it's a pirate's life for we mm. <laughs> instead of me. There you go. We have a winner. Um, Ashes in the hourglass. Make sure um, you send us your full name. This is important. A lot of people do not include their full name when they when they send us this stuff. Your full real name. Make sure you include that and your full address. If you live overseas in another country, make sure you include everything. Like you may need to include the province or maybe your zip codes are crazy. You got to include everything. But congratulations. You beat Matt. You did a great job. You have six sifted stickers coming your way, um, and you can send your address to us here on Twitch through DM. You can DM me on Twitter at Dinfire. Uh, you can DM Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. You can DM me on Sifted.net at Shane. There's a million ways to uh, send me the information, and as soon as you do, I will send out your stickers. Congratulations. Great job. In fact, I forgot to give you your round of applause, your well-deserved round of applause. I am shocked that you got that into that may have been the most impressive one that I've seen so far um, because you got to realize while I'm when I'm writing these clues I then go to Google and I'm like what are they going to Google based upon this clue to see if like the game pops up this game did not pop up for any of those clues so you did a really really good job to figure that one out ashes in the hourglass great job man all right we can we have time to take like one or two questions but we got to get out of here right at four and we have like five minutes. So if, if you guys have a couple questions for us, get them in real quick. Um, and we'll answer as many as we can before we have to get up and out of here. Um, let's get some promotion running here as well. I don't think I ran like our ticker to open, which is a huge mistake. Um, let's see. ETH Demon with all three platform holders now calling out Body Bobby and Activ- <laughs> Bobby and Activision. Do you think he will resign? We answered this already. Yeah. You just get here. Were you, were you falling asleep during game phase? <laughs> we, we literally, that was like the last thing we discussed at the end of that topic. Um, EDH420, any update on the Mario Maker Challenge? Is Matt interested in competing against Shane? Are you? I don't know what that means. So there's, um, they're making levels in Mario Maker. I'm going to play them. Mm. And they're asking if you would be interested in playing against me in those. I mean, I could. I'm not all that good at Mario. It's not. It's not going to add a huge competition element for you. Okay. But all right, if you want to. Uh, no. Any uh, as for any update? No. Um, I maybe should have planned it for the Thanksgiving weekend, but then I don't know if anybody shows up because everyone's out of town, like at families, houses, or stuff like that. I'll try to figure it out. I haven't forgot about it though. Uh, Minority Games, Ruin King. Have you played it? It's it's a new Riot game. I have not. I am going to play that this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. It totally slipped under my radar. I had forgotten that it released until a person that we both know who works on it posted on Facebook, we shipped two games today. And I was like, oh. I mean, it was kind of a surprise, wasn't it? 
Was it a surprise? It yeah, I didn't. I thought it was kind of out of nowhere. Oh well, then that then I feel a little better about myself, I guess. Uh, but to your to answer your question, it is on our radar. I will play it. We will talk about it very soon in an episode of Game Face. Um, you should have said whether you liked it or not in your comment. Um, sip like on Steam. I made you a new video of the PS5 disc hack. I hope you can get it to work. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking. You are now. Um, there's someone, I believe it was on our Patreon or on our YouTube channel, who was saying that there's a way to basically like hot swap discs on the PS5. Um, but like I couldn't get it to work. I tried. I could. Anyway, it's inside baseball stuff. Okay. Send it to me when you got it. Um, AJ the Legend Watson asked this question to Pactor but wanted mass take. Will the next Elder Scrolls sell better on PC or Xbox consoles? Xbox. Console sales are always stronger than PC. Yeah. Like the the assumption is you every ver- console version will sell uh, twice to triple what the PC version does. Yep. That's pretty typical. Yeah. Um, but I think he's asking which is, will sell better on PlayStation or Xbox, though, right? He said PC or Xbox. Oh, oh yeah. That's a no-brainer question. The better it's not going to be is, on PlayStation. Right. Yeah. Um, Mitch Sakor. What's up, Mitch? How you doing, buddy? Uh, do you think Warzone is the biggest reason for the lower sales of Call of Duty Vanguard? It's a good question, but I don't think so. Um, because, Van- because Warzone was in last year's game. Um, and there is a compounding factor there uh, as far as like every year you're getting more and more people to jump on board with the Warzone and maybe less likely or less inclined to pay for something. So there may be a law of diminishing returns there, Mitch, um, which could lead to it. But a 40% drop, no way. No. It would be way more gradual. Like this year you would lose maybe like 7%. And then the next year maybe you lose 9%. And then maybe it's 12 It wouldn't just, I mean, 40% of your sales, man, that, that'll get Bobby Kotick fired. That's the type of stuff that gets people fired. Um, so... It's a great question, and I think it's insightful to ask, but I don't think that's what it is. I think if it slowly diminishes over time, it will be because of Warzone, but not just a huge chunk mm-hmm. falling off. There like is something that. about Vanguard that just does does not engage anybody. Yep, exactly. And I'm one of them. I have moved on. I'm playing Halo Infinite. <clears throat> Are you? <laughs> Nobody sent me a game invite. I've been playing it almost every night, at least for a little bit. Um, it's fun. I'm just having a blast with it. Um, Vincent says, breaking news, Amazon is reportedly nearing a deal for a Mass Effect adaptation. Does that mean like a TV show or a yeah, film? Yeah, like a streaming sort of thing. Oh, okay. Um, I'm honestly a little surprised that gaming companies are giving up their IP to streaming services so easily. And I don't know if it's that easily. I don't know how much they're paying for the licenses or anything. But it's like... Um, Everybody is trying to set up their own service now. Everybody has like their own thing that they want someone to give X amount of dollars to. EA already has one, EA mm-hmm. Play. They want you to subscribe to it. I think these companies need to start thinking bigger. And I think they need to start saying, you know what? Why aren't we having the Mass Effect show on our service? And what opened my eyes to this is my favorite hockey team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, were just bought. And they've been owned by Mario Lemieux, who is a god to Penguins fans. He was the greatest player, I think, the greatest hockey player ever. And he saved the Penguins from being moved out of town to another city. And he cashed out. And nobody blames him because he saved the team in the first place. Otherwise, they would have went to Kansas City or something. So anyway, he sold to this company that owns, like, the Red Sox, 
Uh, they own Liverpool football team in the UK. Um, they just own this whole conglomerate. And what this company is doing is they're buying stuff to create their own streaming service. So they already own the Red Sox. They bought the Penguins. They own Liverpool. They want people to subscribe to their service to watch the Penguins games, to watch the Red Sox games, to watch Liverpool's games. They aren't just thinking like, well, we're, we started as like a baseball company, and so we just need to buy baseball teams. No, they're reaching outside of that to bring a bunch of stuff under that tent to make people want to subscribe to it. I think every company needs to start, th start thinking that way. And I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they all do. So that's what surprises me the most about Mass Effect being signed. And this is just a recent revelation for me. If you asked me this a week ago, I would have had a different answer. Uh, but just what I've learned from doing the research from the Penguin sale over the last week, I've come to this new epiphany about streaming services. And I think these companies, given away their licenses for cheap or nothing, are missing the boat. And I think that might change um, eventually. I'll simply say they are not giving them away for cheap or nothing by any means. Yeah. And it is smarter to have an established streamer like Amazon produce your pro produce your property by paying you money to license it than spending your own money to build a streaming service that you then have to get people to subscribe to on the back of your Mass Effect show. They are No, you're not, though. Because, look, if you're EA, Matt, you're getting people to subscribe for the, for the games and... Oh wow! There's a great but, Mass Effect show. But you have you to. You can also you hire to, the you, same production companies that Netflix is going to hire to make the show to make it for you. You can't. It's just a bigger risk. You're the one who's putting but, out the money. Right, but there's no payout for it. What you, do you mean? Because the, the, now, now you're in the streaming business. Now you have to continually feed that beast, and no, now you and you have to the build up, and different. you have to build up a streaming service. They don't have a streaming service. They have a game download service. It's, it's not the same it's thing. It's Not hard, dude. Like you don't really? know what you're talking about. Serving video? I do know what I'm talking about. On that scale, I know exactly. What Amazon I'm talking owns about. the servers. Dude, we served a billion Amazon videos from game trailers in a year. I do know. Amazon I know exactly owns, what it takes. Yeah, but you're not creating that and hosting that and putting that. We up did and, create and, it. We created all the content. Promise me. I promise you no one wants to get into that business if they don't have to. Sony already has. Ubisoft already has. Ubisoft is making its own PlayStation shows. PlayStation now is their own, own mistake. And PlayStation is selling their IP to Netflix. I'm just telling you, Matt. You can say whatever you want. That's my opinion on it. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. The people with the millions of dollars don't seem to agree with you. Yet. I said it's going to happen. They're never going to happen. Everybody thought this company was crazy. They're like, what, are this, what is a baseball company buying the Penguins for? They're like, that makes no sense. They're based in Boston. The Penguins are like a thousand miles away in Pittsburgh. People in Boston don't care about the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then they realize what they're doing. And now people are like, oh, these guys are way ahead of everybody else and figuring it out before everybody else does. Yeah, but they're streaming things that are going to happen regardless. They're not creating sports and making sports. Well, they own the Red Sox and they right. own the Penguins. So they I'm are creating the those sports. Those games are going to be played no matter what. Mass Effect is not going to exist as a TV series no matter what. It's a different expenditure. It's a different business model. It's a different we'll thing see to try to draw goes. people in. Sports is an automatic draw. Mass Effect is not. It's not? No. Why not to the degree that? that the Penguins are. Like that's Sports is a, is a given. Sports is a lifestyle. Mass Effect. Mass I Effect is a given. Man, I am one of the biggest Mass Effect fans in the world, but I would not subscribe to EA Play to see a Mass Effect show. It's not just for that, though. You're missing it. It's for everything. It's for all the games. Think about it. They start developing it now in four years. How many more games are going to be on EA Play? Another Who cares? <laughs> Somebody like, does. It's, never, it's not going to happen that way, I promise. We'll see. Just my opinion. Things are changing. The times they are changing. Things that you think are crazy are not going to be crazy in the not-too-distant future. I'm just telling you. This isn't one of them. Okay. We'll see. We will see.
Um, I think that's it. We got to go. We got a heart out, and I think we're already, yep, we're already a little bit over. So you guys asked some great questions. Uh, before we go, one last time for the people who maybe showed up late, this Friday, Black Friday sale on our t-shirts. All t-shirts, 10 bucks. This shirt, Sifted logo on the sleeve. Our Sifted Army shirts. Sifted logo on the back. 10 bucks a piece. The lowest they're ever going to get. They're not going to go any lower. There's no reason to keep waiting to buy one of our shirts. This is it. Rock bottom prices. Also, if you're looking to like help us out for Christmas for the holidays to give us a little extra or whatever, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> it makes my wife happy. It makes me happy. Um, and people have asked how they can help us for Christmas in another way. Uh, you can go to sifted.net slash donate and you can give us as much or as little as you want. And it's the best way to do it because we don't lose a cut from like Patreon or any other service who's taken like a cut of our money. Uh, just go to sifted.net slash donate and you can type in whatever you want there, a dollar, a million dollars, whatever. And you can pay with your PayPal account or a credit card and it's accepted in 130 countries. So just so you know, that's how it works. People have been asking about it with the holidays coming up. And most importantly, I hope all you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. I know people in Europe are like, shut the hell up about Thanksgiving. It's a big holiday here. People care. There's some tons of people traveling over the next few days. Everyone be safe. I hope everyone gets to see some family they haven't maybe seen in a year and a half or two years because of the pandemic. Um, I'm thankful for Matt. I just <laughs> want to say um, it is the time where we say what we're thankful for. I'm thankful for Matt Kyle doing this show with me. I'm thankful for all the people who watch Game Face Live for the people who are our patrons at Patreon. I love every single one of you guys. Um, all the people who watch our stuff on YouTube, you guys are all awesome. Um, if you want to connect with Sifted, you can hit us up on, at Sifted Games on Twitter. That's probably the best thing to do if you want to know when things are happening. Don't forget to get your questions in for Pactor Factor. Those are going to close in about four hours. Um, you can do that on Twitter. You can do that on the site. You can do that on our Patreon. I don't try to get a lot out here before we go, uh, but it is a, a big a big day. A lot of stuff going on this week with Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you guys are just about to check out uh, before your vacation, which is exactly what you should be doing. So, Matt, thanks again, man. You are awesome. Without you, this show would be crap, and I appreciate you. Very, seriously, though, I appreciate you very much. I appreciate every one of you guys. Everyone have a great, safe, and awesome Thanksgiving. Game faces up and out. Thank you.